Hey everybody, welcome to an all new edition of the Elite Beat, your source for all the AEW news, reviews, and previews. And I mean previews this time. I took a screenshot of a John Pollock Twitter post so I can tell you all what's happening on Rampage and Battle of the Belts this weekend. So look forward to that as we get near the end of the show. But uh, I'm Andy. And sitting next to me is all-access recapper extraordinaire, Jenny. Hello. 37 weeks with a bullet. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and Wait, what, what? Huh? Huh? You're 37 weeks pregnant. Yeah, but what does what's a bullet mean? It's like what they say when people are like have a hit song. It's like, it's like, oh, this song is number five with a bullet. It means it's probably going like, to continue to go up the charts. Are you Casey Kasem? It's like momentum. So. It's momentum. Yeah. I don't think Casey Kasem was a with the bullet guy. Hmm. It's too too like evocative of violence. Yeah. yeah, he was very pure. Yeah. Um, but also on the line, our dynamite recapper extraordinaire, 115 miles to our southwest, Megan. Hello. Oh my gosh, Jenny, I'm feeling a little like oof, like a, a little fire under the feet here now that there's another recapper. Oh, like I gotta, I gotta tighten my game, you know. Who recapped it better? I guess we're gonna have to start asking that. Oh gosh, do you think we could ask Justin and uh, Alan, or do you think they're like in their little boys' club with Andy? Yeah, and I think talk they, to us? Uh, they kicked out the girls. <laughs> they didn't want the girls in their club, so I don't think we'll ask them. Did you want to watch thirty-one years of Raw after WrestleManias? You know, I didn't. <laughs> Like 31 individual years worth, or just like a special? Please say it's a special. No, we, uh, so yes, I guess I'll go ahead and say up front that uh, yesterday, and it's out as we speak on uh, PW Torch VIP on the uh, Alan 4Ls Pro Wrestling Paradise, an episode with myself, uh, Alan, and Justin talking about the history of the Raw after WrestleMania. So we took kind of a high-level view of the big events, debuts, hot angles, and great matches from 1993 to 2023. Um, we covered 31 years in just under two hours. That's... No, you said it was just under three hours. No. You uh, were the... recording for two hours and 37 minutes. Well, they chat. Uh, I was I, w- I was on the, on a Skype call for two hours and thirty seven minutes. Uh, yes, and this also I, I just as a as a you know go VIP um, because it's worth it because you get to hear Alan do a nineteen ninety nine Ken Shamrock impression for about fifteen minutes uh, in the first hour of the show. So yeah, he held it up for fifteen minutes. I mean, it's he he was kind of like recapping a segment from the nineteen ninety nine roster WrestleMania. Um, but a lot of it was him doing a, a Ken Shamrock impression. That's dedication. Good that for him. Dedication. Yeah. So anyway, so that was fun. I, I enjoyed that. Um, but you know what I would enjoy even more than that, Would Jenny? it be the Elite Beat Pop of the Week? It would, in fact, be the Elite Beat Pop of the Week. Um, what do you have this week, Jenny? This week, I am popping a Shirley non-alcoholic Brute sparkling wine. Mm. Andy, what do you have? Oh, I have a Diet Pepsi. Hell yeah. Megan? I have a big old box of wine. It's the good kind. Grazie. Ooh, grazie. Yeah. 
Old Country Red. Old Country Red. Hell yeah. And Jenny, can I just say, Bonita Bonita, you know, obviously they emailed us. We're getting our thing, our shipment, our first one. Um, But every time I hear Bonita Bonita in my head, I say it to the um, lyrics of uh, Hips Don't Lie instead of Shakira Shakira. It's Bonita Bonita. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I don't know why my brain is broken, but. Like like the part where. Bonita Bonita. Yeah. Shakira Shakira Shakira. Yeah. Okay. I can can do that. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited. Yeah. We got a notification that it, uh, well, that hasn't shipped, but we got charged for it. And if we lived in San Francisco, we could go to a live podcast episode, but we don't. I, you know, there's a lot of reasons I wish I lived in wine country, and one would be to (laughs) run into the bellows quite frequently. Yeah, it's unfortunate we're stuck in Midwestern America, but uh, we had the opportunity, I guess, technically. So it ships next week? Ships on Monday. Wow. Yep, the 10th, right? Yep. Hell yeah. What if I just drink it all? Oh, I would be hearing about a murder on the news, and I'd be like, well, justified. I almost said I would divorce you, and then I thought, I've got a newborn baby that I'm not taking care of myself. That's why murder, because insurance money. I just, God, please don't do that, because I I don't want to be alone with a newborn. (laughs) Okay, deal, I won't do it. Jenny, uh... This is not AEW news, but what did you think of when you found out that Endeavor had uh, purchased World Wrestling Entertainment? Um, I mean, it makes sense, I guess, from a like a scope of what Endeavor currently owns, which is UFC, right? I don't know what else they own. Is it's a private equity firm, right? It's like, yeah, and like, um. They own like WME, which is the William Morris. Do they own Slap agency. Fighting? Uh, oh, no, the the Tony Khan and the Fertitas, the former owners of UFC, uh, own that together. Wait, Tony Khan owned that. Sorry, slap? not Tony Khan. Um, Dana White. Okay, oh, I was like, okay. what? <laughs> yeah, Megan and I were both very horrified. I was shocked by, by Tony Khan's taste. Yeah, no, like Endeavor Group Holdings is an American holding company for talent and media agencies. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's it was a merger of the William Morris Agency and the original Endeavor Talent Agency. So it's like it's like the biggest agency. It's it's run by um, Ari Emanuel, who is like I think he's kind of the inspiration for that Ari character from Entourage. (laughs) But uh, I've never seen Entourage. I don't know for sure. But anyway, yeah, so they own UFC, and now they own WWE. And they are combining UFC and WWE. On the stock market. On the stock market, because UFC is not currently sold on the stock market. Correct. Yeah. What was strange was that the stock actually went down after the announcement. I think it rebounded. Did it? Yeah. Let me see. What's I didn't look after Monday. They're at $100.38. Oh, okay. So it went up a bit. Because I think they were at like 97 or so before the announcement. Is it strange no, were, or is uh, it They were at bad. like 90 before the announcement. Okay. They were $90 a share before the announcement. So they, okay. They're, they're so at, it, did, it did go up quite yeah. nicely. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't really know what this means as far as like, I mean, I think it 
I think it's bad for WWE fans <clears throat> because it has well, put Vince McMahon back in charge of the company. Vince is definitely back. Yeah. What uh, I thought, I thought the Saudi deal was being inked there. So did they just not go with that? Um, so I think I think some like wrestling Twitter people got a little too excited about hearing some rumors and wanting to wanting to be first with that um, because uh, I, don't, I don't think it really turned out that there was anything to that. Okay, so it wasn't like that was going to happen and then something crushed that deal. It was yep. it was just all rumors. Okay, well, in yep, some ways, I'm, in some ways, I'm glad, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, in fact, uh, I just read today on the Wrestling Observer website, um, um, Mark Shapiro, the president of Endeavor, gave an interview, and uh, where's the? I don't know. Okay, so I don't know what the sourcing is on this, but it was on the Observer website. Um, Oh, it was, a, it was a report from Puck News, um, which is like actually like a periodical I'm pretty familiar with. Um, but the other bidder, the other high bidder was Liberty Media, owners of Formula One. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And they own they also own the Atlanta Braves and they own Sirius XM radio. But uh, but yeah, they were they were the they own F1 and they were going to be um, they were looking at they were making a big they made a big bid. Barely. That's a weird crossover. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I think you could get there pretty easily. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I mean, rich, obviously, but I'm just thinking of F1 and WWE. Same umbrella. Weird to me. I guess it's just like trying to buy properties that you can get large broadcasting rights fees for. Yeah. I guess that's fair. Um, So... Uh, I don't know much about it, but is there any word on why Vince McMahon is is there a choice to like reinstate or? Well, he like elbowed the dissenting board members out earlier, so he can kind of get his way. Mm-hmm. And then Ari Emanuel was he, he as much as said that he didn't want to do this deal without Vince McMahon on board. So. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this is also a person who didn't have any public reaction to Dana White slapping his wife on camera on New Year's Eve, you know, so. Yeah. You know. That's horrendous. It's like a great guy. Yeah. (laughs) Real cool. Real cool. And you can uh, already tell that Vince is back at the home, right? Like. Based off of what you were telling me about watching Raw this week as part of your homework for the podcast. Well, I mean, I mean, it was it was a bad show, and it's there were what two minutes of wrestling in the first commercial free hour or three? I think three. Um, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it was like it was an almost squash match, uh, and then. There were reports from uh, from Fightful, Sean Ross Sapp, that that people told him who were backstage that uh, that the show was like there were like the 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 production team got brought 
different run sheets like three different times during during the broadcast or like maybe it was one right before the broadcast started then twice while they were already on air like as things had been reshuffled and 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 it was you know the the implication being that that is something that hadn't been happening uh while vince was away just total chaos like how can you run a show like that well because that was common in the vince era right like they would sometimes be rewriting rewriting the show like mid-show especially as he got older yeah Oh, and they had to like really uh, cut that cage match out, huh? You know, can't can't pivot. Sorry, going back to the bitter oh, a few weeks ago, yeah. women's cage match that got cut yeah. out, and Lance said, you know, timing's very strict <laughs> until you bring in a senile old man. Um, that that's wild. It's crazy. Do, do are other people speculating that that's also why Cody didn't win at WrestleMania and why Roman Reigns? Is continuing to hold that belt for like 950 days. People are definitely speculating about that, but there's also there was also a report today, and I think it was also from Fightful, but I don't want to. I'm not going to say that for sure because I don't remember that. Um, that the Cody loss was a Triple H call. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, just gotta gotta get more heat on Roman, you know. Like, oh my god. Two years. Two years not enough. It was more than two years. Yeah. Well, yeah, the people love him. I mean, based on his reaction he got from, like, beating the shit out of Sammy, the one show I watched recently, people are yeah. so on board. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, so, yeah, so that was obviously, like, the big news in wrestling. Uh, but the other big news in wrestling. Oh, we, we learned about on uh, the Dynamite. We learned about on the dynamite, and I'm trying to find the press release, and I'm not having any luck finding the press release. I don't want to spoil any of my recap, but Tony Khan didn't he look like a deer in the headlights of oh a very like positive announcement? <laughs> Always does. What is that, <laughs> like, sir? You have good news. You're not in trouble. Why do you look like you're about to get arrested? <laughs> It's crazy. I found the press release. Okay, so um, Megan, we are going to spoil your recap. So if you if you just want to go to this part in your recap, that's fine. Okay. I don't know that I have a lot to say about it on it. Like I don't know that I have a lot of notes outside of what happened, but um, we'll go ahead and just read that part, and then I can read the press release. Okay, so I I wrote in my notes because apparently I've missed it. Nigel McGuinness is here, and I was like, oh, is this the announcement? <laughs> it is not. <laughs> Well, you knew that he had you knew he had showed up for the um the Ring of Honor pay-per-view, but we thought that might just be because they were in LA. Yeah, I didn't expect him to be all elite, but I was just like, yay, okay. Um He but... got an icon on the Instagrams. Uh I when I saw that on Twitter earlier in the day, I did suddenly think, Oh, I wonder if the announcement is something to do with England. Oh wow. That's and then, fair. And then when he was the one Talking to Tony Khan, I knew for sure. Okay, so uh, the announcement itself was not that Nigel McGuinness is here, um, which is what I thought it to be, because I am not up on the the signing. But Nigel is just there to introduce TK, so he can make the announcement. And his big thing is, um, you know how like the first All In was not; it was like pre-AEW, so his announcement is that there's going to be the first AEW all-in, and it's going to happen in London, England, 
in Wembley Stadium, which is freaking huge. Uh, yeah. And it's going to happen in August, August 27th, to be exact. Which is really close to All Out, which normally falls on Labor Day weekend, which I think is the following. Exactly one week. One apart. week after, yeah. the Like September 3rd, I think, is that date. Is that I know Wembley from Ted Lasso. They they uh they filmed there for for the playoff match um last season and it's huge what like ninety thousand yeah. seats or something like that yeah and that's for that's for a football match so yeah. if you imagine that you could also put seats on the on the floor on the ground yeah I was gonna say I know Wembley mostly from music like performances like concerts huge yep. concerts like the Big Queen show yeah yeah. It's it's big. It's yeah. So uh, AEW, of course, they always do this when they when they do one of their big announcements. They always have like a press release that's firing out at the same time. Um, let's see. Uh, AEW plants flag at iconic Wembley Stadium with massive UK special event on Sunday, August twenty seventh. Note that they did not say pay per view. They don't say pay-per-view anywhere in this press release. That's true. Um, AEW's London debut marks first professional wrestling event at Wembley Stadium in more than 30 years, um, which is uh, SummerSlam 1992. Uh, the only time, well, until like, until like, you know, the days of like the Saudi super shows and stuff. But up until then, like the only major televised event that took place outside of North America for the WWE. And the reason is I think they realized that because of the time difference running on pay-per-view in the UK, you have to run in the afternoon in America. And it just like, it hurt their pay-per-view buys so bad. They never tried it again. It's a lot, it's a lot less risky with the network, you know, cause you can just throw something on anytime. Didn't they just announce that they're going to have another pay-per-view in the UK recently? WWE. Yeah. Um, they're doing Money in the Bank in London this year. Okay, so that's a pay-per-view, right? Yeah, that is, yeah. And they did a big special last year um, called uh, Clash at the Castle. Um, yeah, I, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, with like big Drew McIntyre main event. But anyway, um, so but in this building, yeah, they they that is where WWF ran SummerSlam 92. And until like, until a few years ago, that was the biggest real attendance they ever had in the history of their company. They drew 80,000 fans like legitimately wow. to, to, or maybe 79,000, it was 79,000 something. Um, 79,128, I want to say. Uh, and then eventually one of the last few years, they actually drew 80,000 for WrestleMania. And they, I think they called it a hundred thousand of course, but you know, um, oh but anyway, um, tickets for AEW all in L London at Wembley Stadium on sale May 5th. Pre-registration available for priority access. Um, it's weird. He also talked about, like, during the announcement, he also talked about, like, there's 100 years of Wembley Stadium and 100 years of Warner Brothers. So it seemed like maybe there's some kind of, like, promotional tie-in to Warner Brothers. Are we going to get another movie trailer? <laughs> Maybe. Oh, my Maybe. gosh. Maybe some okay. big Aquaman 2 uh, pro promotion. I hope it relates as, as clearly as, you know, the Shazam one did. <laughs> um, and I guess the, uh, you know, when the NFL plays games in 
London every year. They, that's that's the stadium yep. they play in. So the Jaguars would have played there, yeah. some, I think, several times. And then I would assume that the Fulham um, football team played has played there, there playoffs there. Probably, yeah. So right, here's my question. How many tickets do they have to sell for this to be considered a success? Is the whole stadium open for ticketing? Like probably not. I would I would guess that they would. I would guess if they're smart, they'll scale it in a way where you know, they'll they'll put like 50,000 tickets on sale and if those like fly, if they fly through those, they'll have a, have it so they can open up more, you know. You think they're going to start with 50,000? I have no idea what they're going to start with. But I mean, I I think they just want to like come out with like a bang of like all right, we got the biggest you know, most iconic stadium for the first time that we're using here, that we're that we're gonna have a big show in London, and you know we've got some connections to it, so we have this emotional connection too. So like I understand why they they booked it. So I think they're gonna call it a success no matter how many tickets they sell, just because they're doing it and they just want to go out on a grand stage. Okay, then how many tickets do you think they can sell? <sighs> I feel like 50 would be like. She looks unsure about committing to that. (laughs) I think 50 is doable. I think the, I think the upper range. Like if they like. Really outkick their coverage on this one. I think 65 is possible. I don't think beyond that is like. I don't see it. What's been their biggest. Sellout 20. 20. For when the first year at uh, at uh, Arthur Ashe Stadium. Okay. Uh, then that makes it sound like they're taking a really big swing, putting yeah. it in Wembley. This is the biggest swing they've ever taken. But but I think guys, I think we know why. I think they want to go out with like this grand like out with a bang. Like we've got this emotional connection. We we want to come to the grandest stage when we come to London. You know, you go to London, you want to go have your your fancy ass tea. Like you want to, you want to do it upright. Like, go for it. I, I support them. Like, I would, I would love to see this. a London tea time with a, just tables and tables of wrestlers that yeah. are like, we're getting tea time before our our big matches. Um, and but I, like, but like, I do think, um, I think they have hope to sell tickets in the sense that like, they haven't been to the UK before at all. And you guys have traveled overseas. Like, it is really easy to get from, from like, different parts of Europe to London, right? Like, so they, they could have, in theory, like, a lot, of, a lot of people in that area who are like, this is our shot to see a live show. We're going we're gonna to take it. That was my thinking, Megan. I thought, because if you're, if you're running this huge show in London, people know there's going to be thousands upon thousands upon thousands of tickets you could probably do well to draw from spain italy france basically all of western europe mm-hmm. um germany you know uh and then and then you've got to assume there are probably a few thousand americans who are crazy enough to go over for the show a show like that i mean we got the europeans coming over for wrestlemania right like yeah, it could go the other way. Yeah. So, and on like, and honestly, 
what's left of the like the local British wrestling scene, and maybe even some of those like other Western European um, companies like WXW, they should be trying. They should be doing everything they can to like rally around this weekend and and run a bunch of shows. Treat it like treat it like WrestleMania weekend, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I and I mean, in that sense, I would have thought that fifty thousand tickets would be doable. I think fifty is very doable. Okay, no, you guys are right, and like it's be a cheap flight from you know Western Europe. It's just you had to pay astronomical prices for a hotel in London. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, but it just seems like Europe is so much more like mobile as far as that like possibilities. You know, mm-hmm. like. Uh, I think it would be tough for us to go to like a show in Canada, even though we have a connection as far as like people to stay with and, and to help, you know, navigate. It's still like Canada's right there, but it seems like harder to get to Canada than like other, like in Europe going from like country to country. I don't know. It's really hard to get to Canada when you don't have a passport. It's true. I would suffer that problem. (laughs) I don't have a passport. I'm an and adult. I see, and I don't know what ease of travel is like post Brexit either. Oh. Oh, it should it I mean it's still easy. You think so? You think it's just as easy as it was before? I mean they might have to go through customs, but like yeah. that I mean that would be the only complication. Oh, but turn there's me still off. a ton of like flight <laughs> cheap flights and stuff. Okay. Yeah, I saw that because uh, I was um I was actually because th- I asked Alan if he was going to go, so I looked up like what it was, what it would be from like Dublin to London. Yeah, and it's like I don't know, like Aer Lingus, like you do like a thirty-five euro ticket or something like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so delightfully affordable. Yeah. <laughs> I'm jealous. It's just you've got to pay four hundred pounds a night for a hotel in. Yeah. London. Yeah. 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 So. Well, okay, so here's okay, so let me ask you this then. So we got so we got Forbidden Door coming up in, in late March, late late June, sorry. Um we've got then it's um all in and then all out right after. How do you like if you are if you're Tony Khan, how do you handle like building these three ships? Well, I mean especially those last two, because you're gonna have to like build them up at the same time. The last two are hard. Yeah. Do you almost have like two sets of storylines? Maybe. Almost like two rosters of like the the all in and the all out crew. It would honestly yeah. be it would honestly be easier to do this if all in was the Forbidden Door show, because then you could mm-hmm. because then you could be doing like our our AEW storylines and our AEW versus New Japan storylines, yeah. and you could use most of your same guys, you know. Yeah, but but Forbidden Doors earlier, right? And then it's hard. It's like because you know you got to have your top guys at both, so you've got to have a storyline and a match for your top guys at both. So yeah, I don't know. I think that's really hard. One week between them. What do you think of them not calling it, not referring to it as a pay per view? Oh, I mean, are they going to make it, like, Fight for the Fallen or something? You know, like, that That doesn't have... Like, They're going to have to monetize it in some way. Yeah, so yeah. I wonder... Well, you said it might be um, connected with getting it onto HBO. 
I didn't say that. Uh, Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics uh, tweeted out. Um, oh, let me just let me pull up the tweet because I'm not going to be able to. Uh, I need to look up accurately. Otherwise, what August 27th is because I just assumed it it's was a Sunday. Sunday. Okay, I assumed it was a weekend day. That was the first thing I looked at. <laughs> like, but I it's going to be a, it's going to be a Sunday at like two. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be in the afternoon. It's fine. I still think he's a liar. Okay. Uh, okay, so Brandon Thurston says, like, this is just, he, he tweeted out, a, you know, he tweeted out a copy of the um, the press release, and he said, uh, curious how this works out in terms of pay-per-view, since it seems like they're going to do pay-per-views on consecutive weekends, assuming All Out is as usual on Labor Day weekend. He followed this up by saying, possible it's not a pay-per-view, of course. Timing might line up with launch of merging HBO Max and Discovery Plus streaming services. Um, hmm. That's interesting. That seems like it could potentially really limit your audience, though. I mean... What do you mean? Well, I guess not. Because a lot of people are subscribed to HBO Max. Um, yeah. I just meant like putting that sort of gate up where like you have to have that service. But now that I think about it, HBO Max is like very widespread. So maybe and it's not that big of a deal. Hell of a lot cheaper than buying the pay-per-view. Um, buying yeah. one month of the HBO That's access true. is a heck of a lot cheaper than pay-per-view. That is also true. So maybe it's not that wild. Um that's interesting, though, if that's the way they go. I have I mean, discovery. We've been, talking about, we've been talking about the potential of some kind of AEW hub on HBO Max for pretty much since they launched HBO Max. Honestly, that's what I thought the announcement was going to be. Every time he says he has a big announcement, that's what I think the announcement's going to be. <laughs> it never is. Uh, HBO I, Max has 96.1 million subscribers as of Q4 2022. <laughs> Okay, that's a lot. That's probably that fine. Is, that means that more households have HBO Max than have uh, TBS or TNT. I believe okay. yeah. It's not going to limit the audience, then. I was completely wrong. <laughs> of course, that's also, like, I think that's, like, a America plus international number instead, whereas, like, you know, we're just talking about U- U.S. numbers for cable. But Yeah, but, like... Go get the international people. Like, you know, let's make make it more accessible for international if you put it up on HBO then. Yeah. I mean, they can do the Fight Plus thing internationally. That's It's actually very accessible overseas. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. It's just, it's a lot. for you got to really commit, like, to pay that much and be, like, committed to it. And if you're not seeing the product every week and engaged, you're not going to just try it out. Whereas if you put it up on something that you already have access to, like they do some saying. good promos, you might be like, you know, I like I like watching people like fight. Like mm-hmm. I might I might give this a shot. This it's is like how a... Jenny discovers everything on Peacock. Exactly. What's well, like that show? Like the um the the show you on you know it was a it was a Lifetime show, and it was not a hit, and it wasn't going to get picked up for a second season netflix bought it and then it became a sensation that's 
Yeah, just a broader audience. Like, when you know how to be like, you might also like, and they start playing something, and you're like, well, maybe I do maybe want to check this out. Yeah, maybe. But, uh, yeah, it's, I'm very interested to see how this all this plays out. Because, you know, before you even get to that corridor of uh, of Forbidden Door and All In and All Out, we've got Double or Nothing still to come up next month. So, I mean, we're in... We got quite a we got quite a summer ahead of us. Yeah. The the original the original all in all out timeline was that was that like a week apart? I know like pre AEW weren't they close, but probably more than a week apart. Well, all out were placed all in because they didn't have the naming rights for all. Oh, in. I'm an idiot. I thought they both existed. There no, so it was like a year later. All out happened. Okay. Hmm. Um, so here's a question though. Was Tony Khan's hype around this announcement announcement like do you think this did the announcement fit the hype or was this another announcement that I you were so. like, eh? I, I think this is the biggest swing they've ever taken. I I I agree. Like normally I'm just like, oh my god, he hypes this up for so <laughs> long and it's nothing. This felt like something. It felt like they're really like and I I appreciate them going big. I like uh, spectacular like I, I like getting all fancy and like you yeah. know and if it and if it had just been like <laughs> like we're we're going to we're going to London we're debuting uh in London with dy- like our first dynamite overseas um it's gonna be at the O2 arena and you know it's a really big show for us like I would have thought like okay I mean it's cool you're going to London I don't know why you had to like build that announcement up this much but running Wembley Stadium yeah where, I mean, like, they're not going to sell it out. Don't get me wrong. If they sell it out, it, they'll have they'll have sold more tickets to a wrestling show than WWE has ever sold. So think about that. Um, Vince McMahon but, will freak out. Yeah, but so it's not going to happen. But um, so, here, so here's the question. They want to get as close as they possibly can to selling that thing out. What What are some of the matches you put on that show? What do the London fans, what do Europeans want? Is it different than what we want? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, like socialized healthcare. They don't, they don't want for that. That's, that's fine. But like, uh, like, so it's not a good comparison, but in Saudi, the audience really wants apparently like old classic wrestling. Well, it's more that. The, the prince. prince wanted that. That's what he was familiar with. Yes, so and he very he fairly speaks for the entire country. So, like, <laughs> well, I mean, he does, yeah. Um, but like, I, I guess just the demographics on like the stars in AEW, like, are they much different in the European market than us? Like, uh, I don't think so. I mean, they, you know, like, I, I believe aew like television ratings wise i don't think like culturally it's bigger than wwe but television ratings wise it is um because aew airs on a free over the air channel whereas wwe programming is on is on like basically on cable there mm. so like okay. sky sports whatever you know i would like a kenny osprey match who's kenny osprey <laughs> Kenny versus Will Osprey. Do so you want the rematch <laughs> from Wrestle Kingdom to happen at that show? Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I'm sure 
that won't happen because they have the forbidden door thing. But so, I, I think you want to get some like locals, you know, big, big name locals up this, in there. This is what I was thinking. Okay, well, number one, our, our my friend uh, Jeff Jacobs, he texted me today and he said, "What about Pack challenging MJF at that show?" And huh? I thought, I thought, oh, that's cool. But then I thought, but what if, what if the the main event for Forbidden Door is the rematch between Omega and Osprey? Osprey wins because he needs to get his win back, and then the main event of All In is Osprey in London challenging MJF for the AEW World Title. I like that. I like that, but Osprey versus Kenny would be a better match. But you would have already gotten that match at Forbidden Door. I know, but I'm thinking a rubber match between them would be more entertaining, like more exciting. Well, Kenny can do something else. Fine. No, I'm just okay. So, so your answer is Kenny versus Osprey. <laughs> That's what I would like to see. Okay, Megan, I know you hate these kinds of questions, but do you have any? Do you have any inkling? Do you have any idea? Of, like, what would you like to see on this kind of show? Well, I like the idea of getting Pack back into the mix because. You know, where has he been? Where has he been? I have no idea. If the answer is Europe, then I guess it's really easy to kind of fold him back into the show. Um, But I guess, like, uh, I would expect, you know, like, a big things from the people who are hot right now. Like, BCC would have to be doing something. I'd expect a Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, sorry, um, Mm -hmm. like, to be present. Um, Mox, obviously. MJF, I know he doesn't like to wrestle, but <laughs> I would assume that he would need to show up for this big show. Uh, I mean, on Especially the women's... I think, I think based on his gimmick, you can assume he's not going to be part of Double or uh, be part of Forbidden Door. Yeah, like he does not care about that. Yeah. In, in any way. Um, I would expect on the women's side, I hope Hater's still the champion because she's British, and that seems like a big opportunity to get like hometown love. And like Soraya is going to be there, I'm assuming. You should do a big hater match. You should do a big Soraya match. I don't, I don't know if you do one versus the other. I don't know if that makes sense, but uh, yeah. Well, the, I mean, the trajectory right now, and it's April and this is August, but like Soraya and the Outcasts don't like Jamie Hater, but. I don't know if you draw that out so long that the two of them have to face each other, but like, why not take advantage of the, uh, the hometown heroes in that sense? I guess I would, I would pull a lot of the big top star, anyone European out at that time, but also, you know, yeah, again, Kip Sabian can, can work mm-hmm. uh, the buy-in. Oh yeah. Kip Sabian can work <laughs> the buy-in. <laughs> he can let's do also his... get Vikingo though. I know he's not European, but <laughs> let's just get him on a big stage. I mean, he's presumably he's he's like has Norse blood. Yeah, he's a Viking. <laughs> he should he should either team with or fight against House of Black. Honestly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I I guess I would put I would sort of like like sort it by priority as far as like who is European and also top talent. And then, like, pick the European top talent and then go to the top talent that's not European. And then, like, maybe pull in some other Europeans for, like, the lower part of the card. Time to bring back Trent Seven. I I like Trent Seven. I do, too. 
But I just I just thought it was funny. They used him that one time and then never again. Uh, yep. It was like he was in town and they're like, hey, do you want to do a couple shows? Cool. All right. Bye. Um, maybe Anthony Gogo can finally <laughs> appear again. What is his deal? Because I'm assuming he's still signed, but where? <sighs> I don't know. I have no idea, Megan. Ugh. What a waste of a beautiful, talented man. Yeah. And, you know, uh, like, I think we should probably expect, even though Forbidden Door is just two months prior, we should probably expect some New Japan involvement because I don't know that you can run this big a show without the help of your promotional partners. Which is why, Jenny, I don't think it's crazy to expect Vikingo on this show. They should they should probably be looking for some help from AAA on this, too. Yes! If you start some beefs or continue beefs at Forbidden Door and then you can carry it on into all in why not you know that's compelling it doesn't have to be forbidden door part two but get those boys over there maybe this is when you do like the big push for uh mercedes monet too oh i think i think tony needs to like splash some free agent cash around yeah like you know jay white's a good start um mm-hmm. but like like mercedes is out there presumably still and I, I, i'm sure she's not i'm sure she's less likely to go back to wwe now than she was like two weeks ago right so <laughs> yep um kota Ibushi is mm-hmm. out there you know so i i mean i know that you guys wouldn't be that excited about this but goldberg's a free agent right now and they need somebody for that sting role what now that sting's gonna and that's another thing they could do the sting retirement um thing on this show like that that'd be something really big oh man it's so weird to think of replacing sting with goldberg yeah i just think they shouldn't i think they should empty the cupboard for this one Mm -hmm. even though all out is one week later i think like you got to throw everything you can at the show yeah, I mean, if you're unless you that... sold ninety thousand tickets on day one, then you can then you can just be like, oh, great, we can coast. <laughs> Don't coast, Tony. Come on. But like, you should like you know, assuming you sell like forty five to fifty thousand tickets quickly, then then it's like a matter of what staggering announcements. Yeah. Like talent and announcements, match announcements, more. and saying like, and then seeing like hopefully that each time you do that, you move some tickets, and you know, just it's kind of slowly and steadily getting to whatever you get to. Yeah. Hundred Yeah. <laughs> That's what they'll <laughs> announce, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of possibilities. It's very it's very exciting. I'm very, I'm feeling very energized about this announcement, honestly. Like this feels like kind of old AEW energy, like scrappy kind of like we're putting on a show kind of energy to me, you know. You're going to try and go to London? Yes, I'm going to try to go to London with a three-month-old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you're going to take her? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. She'll be four months old. She'll be practically an adult. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> toss her in a plane. It's yeah. fine. Goodness. Um. Okay. Well, I guess, I guess that's kind of like we talked about it. We talked a long time about it. I, I don't know if you can tell how excited I am about this show. But uh, I don't know. Are you guys excited about it? Yeah. I uh, I like 
stuff set in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> As if it's like a a show. Yeah, I mean, I like my British period dramas. I like. And you know, they started showing a. Uh, they started showing external shots of of the buildings before Dynamite starts now. So that's. <laughs> yep. Toss in some fake fireworks. Make it great. All right, Jenny, would you like to uh, lead us through All Access Episode 2? All Access Episode 2, titled Main Event. The show starts off with uh, Sierra and Britt, and uh, we're going to really focus on these two. Um, This episode. So uh, Soraya gets the um, title card underneath her as Women's wrestling icon mm-hmm. pretty i think valid yeah i agree I she agree. started the revolution it uh it starts with uh the renee interview um where soraya says that uh she's coming back but she has one more doctor on the list which is Dr. Britt Baker. A classic line that I still remember. Yeah. And uh, and Britt has a talking head talking about, like, you know, there can be accidents in the ring and you got to be careful when someone's coming back from an injury because you don't want to be like, hey, I'm sorry I broke your neck again. It's like, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> Let's try not to. Uh, then we go to um, a scene with uh, the war dog and Britt Baker at a CrossFit studio. So uh, apparently, They're best friends. Yes, they were like first friends in wrestling, or at least Britt's first friend in wrestling was War Dog. They show some like old photos of them, more photos than they had of photo stock with her and Adam Cole <laughs> last week. And that is one good looking friendship couple. Yeah. They said they never dated, but I love how a- she's she goes, you know, people always are like, were you guys dating? And it's like, no, we're just BFFs. And I'm like, Look at how hot a couple you Yes, right? Yeah, maybe you guys should have thought about it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Soraya's just, or, I'm sorry, Britt is just talking about how this is her biggest match of her career because so many people are excited for for the comeback for Soraya. And War Dog is such a good friend. And he's like, well, it's really a lose-lose situation for you because if it's good, it's Soraya get, will get all the credit. And if it's bad, you'll get blamed. (laughs) War Dog is just spitting the truth. He's trying to keep his friend grounded. I'd like to point out that we we all had the correct opinion about that match. Agreed. It was that it was bad, but that it was Soraya's. It was clearly Soraya's fault because she was rusty as hell. Yes, I think we maybe like mentioned that Britt sometimes isn't the best partner, but that was all we said. Like if you go back. Maybe we had just a smidgen on Brit, but it was 95% placed on Soraya. No, yeah, we nailed that one. Yeah, we were good. Yeah. Then it goes to uh, Sammy and Tay. Ty? I'm going to say Ty. I'm committing to say Ty. They really threw me off with the, like, TayJ thing, and I could have it all in my head about it. TayJ really did screw everything up. Um, (laughs) So we have... They are driving to the um, dynamite location and they have brought their like twin cats in the car with a litter box and the cats will eventually poop in that car and it becomes smelly, which 
Yikes. But the cats are cute and they do not arch, so they didn't scare me. <laughs> the, the cats are cute. And maybe I'm just outing myself as a dog person here, but the idea of like traveling with a Momo litter box is so disgusting to me. I agree. I, I feel like my dogs don't poop in the car when I travel. We stop and take them out. And I know cats do poop in litter boxes, but like in the car, ugh, I just, I was, this is the first time I've encountered anyone traveling like this with cats. Uh, it seems like they always get put in a crate or something. And I was just, I was not happy with their setup. Crete now. Agreed. Agreed. And there's a talking head of Sammy talking about his upcoming uh, two out of three falls main event with uh, with Brian at at the uh, at the dynamite. And he says, what a burger. Sam is losing his mind. He's really trying to go for this. So this is he'll call himself what a burger. Sam here. He'll later refer to himself as Subway Sam. And in between those, he mentions about four more times that he worked at Subway. So, like, and last week, he also mentioned multiple times that we worked at Subway. Like, yeah, everyone worked at, like, fast food and, like, other odds and ends jobs. But he's really trying to, like, be like, well, I was a struggling wrestler for so long. It's like, okay, we get it, Sammy. You were a teenager. This is what teenagers do. Yes, (laughs) right? Fast food. Um, and then uh, Ty talks about how she's just struggling with being a heel and like not getting singles matches and like not it's like not connecting with the audience. And I thought most people talked about how they love being heels and have like a lot of fun with it and really embrace it. Yeah, I was also surprised because I think she's really good as a heel because it, it doesn't seem to take much effort. The crowd is pissed. <laughs> Anytime she's around with Sammy. Yeah, so I'm not sure what she's taught, like, because when she's with Sammy, yeah, she gets all all the reactions. Like, maybe she's talking, like, in ring, but, and I guess you do have to change your style of wrestling a little bit. So maybe that's what she's, like, saying she's struggling with, of just not quite knowing what styles and moves and stuff to do. Work as a heel, yeah. Yeah. Because you're right, Megan, everyone reacts to her. When she comes out and boos her, but it must be something that like layer deeper of actually like executing the wrestling aspect of it. I mean, I think she nailed it in NXT. The one time she screamed, Brazilians have more fun, and somebody dared say, No, they don't. And she screamed, Yes, they do. <laughs> At that uh, person. It was, it was Latinas do it better. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yes, uh, she uh she took great umbrage and reacted in a way that I was like, that's pretty heelish. I like yeah, it. Yeah, that sounds it. <laughs> then we get our first glimpse of what I assume they're going to try to portray as our first villain of the show. And it's Thunder Rosa coming. We've gotten a lot of the like talk from the other women of, you know, why isn't Thunder Rosa here? It's been so long. We're still calling this the interim title. Like it's not fair. And then we get, so that was all last week, and then I think a few flashbacks this week. And then we get Thunder Rosa appearing for herself for the first time. And, oh my god, her room and hallway of her house and, like, the office area. 
there are so many pictures and like of herself. It it looked like it looked like Sheena Shea's house after she had her wedding and had <laughs> those like giant like you know four foot by six foot pictures of her wedding of herself like all around every room in the apartment. Was the, Jenny, the only thing I'll say to defend Thunder Rosa is. I believe that those are probably things her fans have sent her or given her. Whereas she knows just like, here's my wedding pictures and I love myself. <laughs> I think Rosa might be like appreciating her fans in that sense. That's fair. You don't have to put it all up on the walls though. No, it it is wild to have like a full room and hallway dedicated to yourself. Yeah. Um, but I'm assuming and- that hers comes from a place of like, People send me this. They worked hard on this. I don't. But I don't. that was those were the only two areas of her house we saw. We don't know that that doesn't extend to the entire house. That's true. That's true. I, and another thing in her defense, I don't know why I'm defending her so much. I don't actually care that much. But I would say that I think we learned that she's on a podcast with another wrestle person. Oh yeah. And. It seems big in the podcast world where, like, it's going to go to YouTube that you need, like, a good, like, we don't really have, (laughs) you and I, I don't think, have put much thought into what our background is. But I think when you podcast professionally and there's a visual aspect to it, people try to set up a nice, like, vibe. So I'm going to go with, I hope that's why that room was filled with all her memorabilia and stuff. I don't know, though. I mean, it was a very similar vibe to the... Uh, they then showed the bo- busted open radio with Dave LaGreco and his side, uh, like his whole wall in his room also had weird pictures of himself and paraphernalia up. So like, yeah. it was a very similar vibe. So maybe that's, maybe you're right there. Um, this guy, I, okay. I've never, <laughs> I don't know what busted open radio is. I have no like background on this guy or this show. But he gives off some, like, nightmare person energy. <laughs> it is aggressive. I feel like I, I'm not, and I'm not saying this in, like, any sort of, I have no idea what his political leanings are or anything like that, or if that's any sort of topic on the podcast. But he feels like, like, he gives off energy like a, like a super Trump supporter energy of, like, whatever he's going to be talking about. Like, it just feels like he's going to be obnoxious, loud with his opinions, and I would have zero, zero desire to watch or listen to the show. It sounds like Thunder Rosa is on there every Thursday reviewing uh, AEW Dynamite. Oh. Have either of you ever listened or have any idea who this guy is? Yeah, Tony Khan's on there uh, every Wednesday. Oh. Um, he does. They do a segment called Tony Time, and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, where he can kind of get in, you know, plugs or whatever's whatever he wants out there, like before Dynamite. Um, also, I, I I don't know like what days of the week the show airs. It might be a it might be a daily show. It might be like five days a week. It's at least four, I think. But like depending on the day, he's got different wrestlers on there as co-hosts. Like Mark Henry is one of the co-hosts. Tommy Dreamer is one of the co-hosts. Bubba Ray Dudley is one of the co-hosts. So um, it's like you know. I, I'm not a fan, but it's a really, really successful show. Oh. Yeah, What's like he I've like heard. as a person? Because he gave off really, like, the, it was a very short segment with him, but, like, I got I got turned off immediately. Like, I got really bad vibes from him. And 
I think I projected a lot of that. <laughs> he might be the nicest guy in the world, but like he did not come off like that. I don't. I and I. I'm gonna say this, and I please nobody think that I'm comparing his like opinions with this person, but um, like energy wise, I got like Alex Jones vibes. But like, I don't think that means he's a terrible like conspiracy theorist, right wing nut. I just feel like Alex Jones had a way of talking, and and maybe it's just like radio people and how they talk. Yeah. But, but the heightened energy, um, is. That's yeah, I think I, he's just. I think he's just a radio person. It kind of yeah. felt yelly. Like I, Megan and I had the same thing of like I have no idea what his like political views are or anything like that. Very similar of like that that type of person that I would expect like yelling into a microphone about some conspiracy theory or some like something like that. Like that is totally the vibe I got. And yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. But again, like I don't mean that in like content or what he says. Right. I just like the the delivery. I was like, oh, that's okay. Um, I don't, to be fair, I don't listen to a lot of talk radios. I have nothing else to really compare it to. And I don't listen to Alex Jones, also to be clear. But he gets shown on the news in such um, such frequency that it's like, how do you avoid him? He, he's always doing something stupid. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't think, at the very least, Dave LaGrecchia is not out there talking about politics. So he's, he's, talking, well, about, he's talking about wrestling, you know. So. But in a yelly manner. Yeah, in a yelly manner. He's a yeller. That's fine. So Thunder talks about her injury and about how um, it's a lower back injury. And after the Battle of the Belts, she couldn't walk. And that a lot of people are saying she's making it up and she's lying. But guys, there's an MRI. She doesn't say what the MRI showed, but there's an MRI. (laughs) Prove it. Many people are saying. Publish that MRI. Show me your birth certificate. And my, like, my issue is, like, I'm I'm sure she's in pain. And I'm not going to question her, like, injury or whether she should, you know, be there or not. But, like, my issue has always been with Tony of, like, if your champion's not able or, you know, willing, whichever it is, doesn't matter, to compete and be on television and lead... Why are you still calling it an interim belt? Like, just take it off of her. Like, that's this has nothing to do with that. Like, I feel bad that like she's getting called out for like making it up and lying, and like she's the villain. When really Tony should be the villain here. Of like he's the one not handling the situation appropriately. Well, and I kind of felt about this particular segment the opposite of the way I felt last week about the show, where it's like now as an AEW fan. I'm watching this and I'm thinking like, why haven't we heard anything from Ponderosa on Dynamite? And instead on this reality television show, she's explaining, uh, granted, not a ton of details, but it's like she's more there and you get the impression that she's around more than like as the AEW viewer where I'm like, oh, Thunderosa got injured and disappeared and I don't think we've heard from her for months now. So it was like kind of the opposite of like, what am I? Wait how much am I supposed to know going into watching this? I, I don't know. I was actually surprised they showed her so much because if you only watch AEW, she just disappeared. And so I'm like, okay, you're telling a story over here on reality TV, but why, why do we get no details on the wrestling show that she's on? Yeah. And Jenny, I think the, I think the issue with blaming things on Tony Khan is that 
like that doesn't that doesn't make for any kind of compelling television because ultimately everything that happens is his fault, you know? Like well, that's true. you can blame everything on him. Like like CM Punk, what happened in All Out is, you know, really also comes well, down to Tony sitting Kong. next to CM Punk. He could have, you know. Shut down. He, he, let a, he let a situation develop for and fester for months without diffusing it. He let the guy go off in the press conference. Yeah, I mean, like, everything that happens in that company, good or bad, is you really should blame on Tony Khan. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I agree. <clears throat> well, But you're the one who wants, like, heroes and villains on this show. Well, I do. Yeah. I do. I And I think they're setting her up to be a villain. <clears throat> I don't know though. Like I thought she came off sympathetic. I think she did, but also coupled with the information that we've gotten as dynamite watchers and also like you bring us with the news tidbits that we wouldn't normally see about the sandbagging rumors and stuff. I think I've already had in my mind, I don't necessarily cast her as a villain, but there's already like this seed planted in my mind that like maybe she's causing trouble backstage. And that might not be fair. And they they let the 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 women backstage talk about her last week, like negatively without get, like putting her on last week. So I think that they're trying to build to, hey, this is the one you're not supposed to like because we didn't give you her background last week. We just let you think like, okay, Thunder Rosa is faking this injury last week, and Which Tony's I'm fine, the like, champ, but only the interim champ, and right. Like I'm, I'm good. Like I want a villain on the show, so I hope that they like lean into this. Which I don't think they leaned into it enough, but like, at least they they're trying a little bit, I guess, just based on where they kind of waited to give you her point of view until the second episode. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. They then cut to Sammy, who's still talking about the two out of three falls, and uh. <laughs> And he again talks about, I used to work at Subway, and I used to watch, and I watched the main event of WrestleMania where Brian won. How does this have any connection with Subway, unless he was watching it in the back on like a little tiny TV at Subway, which is not what they said. Could've been watching on his phone. Were there when Brian? Two thousand fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You could, you also, WWE Network on your phone at that point in time. Oh yeah. But mostly, I'm annoyed by Sammy's food talk because it just makes me hungry <laughs> watching this damn television show. I haven't had Subway in like a year. I, I good. think it's I haven't had longer. deli meat in nine months. I know. It's terrible. You're not allowed. You I know. Gotta, you got to ride it out. But I want some deli meat, though, guys. God, I want a big burger with delicious fries. Like, oh, Sammy, shut up about your fast food Seriously. experience. Then we get a little Nick and Matt. Um, so they're still complaining about how they have been gone for eight weeks and that they vacated the titles. They get the same like clips of them disappearing have happened multiple times, both in the previews for this week and in this segment. But they're still not giving us the background on why, which is super frustrating. And Matt is complaining about how he hasn't been in a ring at all for eight weeks and he's not in ring shape. And that like, this is the longest time that they've ever gone without being in a ring. But I know Nick has a ring on that compound that he lives in. Cause we've seen it on BTE. So why didn't they just go like well, run they, some ropes there? I mean, they might've torn it down after the, after they kind of like, after things kind of started back up again, but then you could rebuild. 
You build it, they will come. You can always rebuild. <laughs> um, and then they just kind of talked a little bit about their backyard wrestling days again and about how happy they were and um, how much the fans mean to them and how they want their support again. You sounded like you didn't believe it's that. The same, no, it's just the same <laughs> thing. Like, they're not like we're stuck with them in the same, like, no background, no drama, just like giving the same thing that they gave us last week. Mm. Then we go to Sammy again. And he's talking about how now that he has this opportunity with this two out of three main event match with Brian, that he wants to squash the beef in the locker room and show that he's not a liability to the head, to the head of a, uh, a to Tony essentially, and that they can trust him to put the title on him. Mm-hmm. And so he, Eddie's sitting, Eddie Kingston is uh, sitting down on a chair, and Sammy just sits next to him and says, "Like, you know, hey, can we can we talk?" And uh, then we get a little bit of background, actually, on the August issue with with Eddie. He sh- they show the promo where Sammy calls him a fat piece of shit. He said, like, oh, Eddie took offense to that. And uh, then... <laughs> How dare he? <laughs> and then he said that there was an altercation. So it doesn't get into the details of what happened, but they do show, like, the headlines of, like, Eddie was suspended. doesn't, like, talk about how he was pied in the face, which I think would have been funny. Um, I think Sammy specifically calls it a whole scene um, to describe the altercation. And... Um, Sammy says, ultimately, he doesn't think it was a problem that he called him a fat piece of shit, but that, um, Eddie has a problem with him personally, uh, because, like, Sammy got the TNT belt, and, like, haters are gonna hate, is essentially what Sammy was getting at. And this just is a again. good way to start your apology. Yeah, right? <laughs> and so, it's so strange. He sits down, asks if they can talk. He doesn't apologize or anything. He just says, like... Well, it sounds like he already had... It maybe, yeah, but you could reenact that. Um, <laughs> so it just he says, like, feels like there's been weird energy for months, and I just want to see if we're good. That's what Sammy says to Eddie. So then Eddie gets a talking head to kind of introduce him and talks about how he's always loved wrestling and like his Puerto Rican mother, God bless her, that. Um, he was only quiet when she put wrestling on the TV. Eddie is Eddie is so engaging. Yes, he yeah. is. And he's saying, I am who I am, and when I get in the ring, I hit for real. And all my injuries are real, my metal screws and plates and losing fingers and it, feeling in his fingers. And I'm just like, oh, my God, Eddie. Like, <laughs> Be take care of your body. <laughs> um, so then it cuts back to the Sammy conversation where they're just sitting next to each other. And Eddie says, like, you know, we just have to be pros. And um, just, like, when we work together, just do the professional thing. And he's like, I don't know really what it was about that day, but, like, we don't have problems with each other. And that's it. These men need to be schooled on how to fight, like, a housewife. This was nothing. You, like, literally, it was, like, the actual time that they were interacting with each other, if you don't count the talking heads, was probably 30 seconds. There were no apology. There was no, like, 
you know, passive aggressive comments between them. It was just like, I just feel like there's weird energy. You want to check if it's everything's cool. And the other one's like, yeah, everything's cool. We just got to be professional. Like, that's not how you fight. I think you're so tainted by Vanderpump Rules fights where the men are just as emotional as the women. And I hate to like, I don't want to like cast gender roles upon people, but like, I think that in like <laughs> the environment at Vanderpump Rules is much different than like in the, the wrestling business where they're just kind of like, yeah, we need to work together. So why would you want to escalate a fight? Because you you have to work with this person. And by work with, you have to physically trust them with your body. And I just don't, I don't think it's productive in a wrestling company to have people, um, like, always, like, at the end of their fuse, <laughs> ready to just explode. But this is a reality television show. And it's true. Total Divas did this for us. The, the those women could fake the fights like even if that's not how you truly feel like if there was actual beef between you and you guys have squashed it now you should be able to pull back some of that energy reenact a little bit of it for us here so that we get the entertainment of it just like the total divas were able to it's it's true they've j- the the cast that they've chosen is like sammy should be just like a magnet for drama so that was a good choice. But Eddie seems like as much as he talks it up in his character, as a person, he seems like pretty okay with just like like moving on with his life. So I don't know. Maybe they should have chosen more dramatic people. Or let them be themselves a little bit more. I think they're all very concerned about how they're coming off. And I think Tony is very concerned about how they're coming off. I don't so okay i mean i think we can say that the the point of the first episode was to make adam cole like a sympathetic character right yeah but then he wasn't in the second episode right and i think the the i think it's safe to say that the the goal of the second episode was to make sammy guevara into like an endearing character yes but that's not where sammy can shine Sammy's so good at being a piece of shit. Yeah, like, I think they could have let him be himself. Like, because I think you can still be endearing while, like, having drama all around you. So, you know, like, that, you can definitely... The Nikki Bella effect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's no Nikki Bella, but, like, we could have gotten something there. He doesn't just always have to come off as a nice guy. Well, I, I thought Eddie's talking head was great. I thought him in this moment, like when they cut away to like what was actually happening was very much like, I don't want to be on camera right now. We're cool. Please get out of here. Thank you. Can we like make this interaction as short as possible? Because I'm not in the mood. And I agree with this interaction in a professional setting. Like, yes, this is where they should have gotten to of like, yeah, we have to be professional. We're just going to like fake it and like, be professional in the ring together. That's totally where they should get for to to like have the company like, you know, be in a good spot. But this is also reality television. So you gotta have a line between like showing some drama here too. Let's get some weirdos out of here to do some weird shit. Where's Miro? He was so good on Total Divas all the time. He mowed the grass in his thong underwear. He is willing to go the extra mile. Why he don't we get him naked? Here? 
Yep. <laughs> he yep. knows what it takes to be on reality television. He knows television. what it takes. He thought he was making some kind of point. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't, <laughs> but it was funny. Well, then after this segment, we move back to Britain, Soraya, and it's really odd. They're like prepping for their promo. That's a, you, you would say that British Soraya. What? Oh, my joke went over everybody's head. <laughs> I, Am I, I still saying her name wrong? No, no, no. You said Brit and Soraya. And so I... My British Soraya. I get it. British Thank Soraya. Thank you for explaining it. I don't think Jenny gets it. I still don't get it. <laughs> all right, all right. It's fine. It's the fault of the joke, not you. <laughs> um, But they put up text on the screen saying, our cameras were asked to not have the sound for for their promo prep and it's just like why are we what what's the point like, like i don't know it's like a documentary to make... why are you showing this you're in control of this production like just, exactly what are we doing like just don't just cut this part it doesn't matter like it's and then they then they talk about how like nerve-wracking promos are and soraya talks about how like on her first promo and week two like she didn't have like a plan and like they showed a clip of like her messing up because like she did a little bit in that promo and she made something like i was the revolution i was going to be the revolution here because i am the revolution like it it doesn't make she any said sense. revolution a lot yeah. yeah but that was it there i didn't feel like there was a point to that segment um i feel like that was some you could have made that tighter there by cutting that but also again Soraya has so much experience with reality television. I know you didn't always love Paige when she showed up on Total Divas. Like, some of the stuff she did was, like, annoyed you. But, man, did she make an impact and did she do some weird shit? Yeah. I mean, she she also was good at being, like, knowing what people are wanting. I think she's good in her talking heads here. I just think they're not letting... Let her run wild. They're not like, letting them do things. They're just showing promos. That they're already... And it's just like, we've seen these promos. Let them do something else. Like, I don't need to see them, like, with no sound, hand-talking about what promo they're going to do. That gives me nothing. I I don't get anything from that. I mean, I think it was supposed to give, like, an air of drama to it. Like, but it's not... It's the wrong kind of drama. It's not reality television drama. It's documentary drama. And that's not what this is. Yeah, agreed. Does this show think it's a documentary instead of a reality TV show? Um, if it does, it's wrong because documentaries aren't produced by... This is a WWE problem. They're not produced by the people who are the subject of them. <laughs> because <laughs> that is biased. Well, then we go back to Thunder Rosa, and she's with the doctor. Um, you know, very, like, half-heartedly saying she's trying to get cleared for full gear. And uh, talking about her, her lower back is tight, but there's not, like, burning pain in her back anymore. And then she says she doesn't know how long her injury has been. That's That was kind of surprising to me. Like, most people know how long they've been hurt. I mean, you were on television. You can mark it exactly by the day, <laughs> since you could not walk after that match. Like, that, yeah. that match is the date of your injury. <laughs> and, then, and then she talks about how she... She's not been able to travel as much, but the girls last week were talking about how she was traveling every single week for conventions. Well, this is the spark of drama, but it's 
I mean, you they have didn't to get connect the, the dots. They didn't get the edit in there. Like, I remembered because I watched last week twice to write notes for it. But, like, what this production company should have done is when she said that, they should have cut to last week them yes. saying she's traveling every week for conventions. Yes. Catch catch them in a lie or and like, a stage, not a stage lie, but, like, not a lie, but basically catch them in the, the controversy. Like, you're saying one thing, everybody else is saying another. Where's, Where's what are truth? we doing? Yeah. Then we get this whole talking head of some fake Jax Taylor tears where she's oh, rubbing her gosh. eyes. Her eyes are red, but there are no tears in those eyes talking about how, you know, talking about her injury. This is why I think she is the villain. And I am not, I don't believe what she's saying because when you are fake crying for sympathy that means you're not being genuine you're tr- and it's you're the bad guy honestly they could have just cast mjf as the bad guy if they told him to take the character down five notches and just come at people <laughs> that's all that that's what a reality tv villain is was like mjf but like slightly down subdued so. and less like derogatory towards women because that um, i mean that's villain behavior but, but that's yeah. not what i want to see you know that 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 gets he was on that shot of brandy and i had to turn it off because it was just like no like this is not what i'm i'm not here to engage with this like yeah i'm just saying like these are all wrestlers the concept of being a heel is nothing new or shouldn't be new and the fact that they're so weird about it makes me feel like they got a memo that's like be yourself, but represent the company. Yes. And that's not fun. Nobody wants to be yourself and represent the company. You give them booze. You let them run wild. Say whatever they want with zero consequences. And that's how you get a good reality television show. Exactly. Well, then we go back to Sammy and Ty. And Ty is talking about how at AEW... In order to get TV time, you have to actively pitch ideas to Tony. And it's difficult to, for her. That's actually something that I I don't think probably happens that often. Like, I, I know people pitch ideas to Vince and to, like, creative and stuff at WWE. Because we saw some of that on, like, Total Divas and stuff. But it didn't feel like it was that common of, or that, like, that it wasn't an expectation it seems more difficult in WWE because Vince has a vision and if you're pitching ideas, they have to kind of match it. I don't know that WWE or AEW is as difficult. It seems to me like you've got a little more leeway to and to propose something. I think that's great that Tony's open to hearing those ideas and that like the wrestlers can feel like if he does go along with those pitched ideas that they have more control over their storylines and their characters, that's great. But as a person who's not good at doing that or not comfortable doing that, I can see how you could really struggle and get kind of lost in the shuffle on AEW. Yeah. I mean, there are three hours of television time. Um, Matched is are longer on average than in WWE. So there's more time for character like skits and promos and stuff there. 
and they have like twice the amount of TV time. Yeah. So, yeah, I could see that too because, and it's not like AEW has this has a small roster, you know. They have a big roster, yeah. and it'd be especially difficult for the women because there's only one women's match slash segment on Dynamite and on Rampage, and they're normally not super super long, and so. And they normally don't switch them up a ton. It's like they're kind of carrying out a storyline week over week and you're seeing the same people. So I can, I, I, you know, I can relate to Ty of like getting a little frustrated with, with that. And like, how do you come up with a good enough idea that's actually going to get the time? Um, Mm -hmm. But she does come up with the idea of, um, having a match against Mercedes who's currently holding the ring of honor title. And I think this was in the era when there was probably, when there was probably too much ring of honor on dynamite (laughs) Um, before they got their own show. (laughs) Yeah. When Jericho was holding that title and she said like, it kind of makes sense. Cause like other people in the, in jazz have um, ring of honor titles. Um, So she was like, well, I could, I could challenge for the, for the women's ring of honor title at the pay-per-view. She said that she would prefer to talk to the Bucks versus Tony and kind of ask for their opinion. But it's strange because she says that she's already presented it to Tony when she goes into the Bucks. So I'm not sure about all the timing of that, like and how that all worked out. But then they go into so she and Sammy go into the Bucks's locker room and Sammy will not stop talking for her. I felt like this is her idea. Let her pitch it. She needs the practice. And he kept, he kind of like introduced it. And then also she said a little bit and then he like kind of jumped in and talked more. I was just like, let her, let her try this. Cause this is what she needs to practice. Um, and then the bucks cut to saying like, they understand people get nervous. And so they always try to pe- treat people with kindness on this. And they say at the end, like, oh, we'll talk to Tony. I don't think this ever comes to fruition. At, yeah. At the very end, there is a funny comment because Brandon Cutler is like awkwardly sitting between the Bucks during this whole thing. And then he's like, So can I pitch, like, you know, a title match? And Nick's like, You can't pitch anything to us. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they treat Cutler. Just is what it is. You're a driver? Yeah. Stay in You your can lane. pitch which car you want to rent for us. Exactly. Then it cuts to like a two minute interlude of just dynamite footage. That's not at all what I'm looking for in you, here. You had no use for this. No use for this section. She's yeah. like, I watch dynamite. I don't need extra footage of it. And it's not even extra. It's the same footage. It's just like cut. It was November. She probably didn't watch it. Oh, well, then this is all new to you, Jenny. <laughs> then we cut back to Britt and Soraya. And uh, so they're talking about the upcoming promo. And Soraya says, like, if it doesn't go my way, I'll have to delete my social media for a day. And oh. Britt talks about how she has a dance partner for this promo. She wants the dance to be super sexy. Hell yeah. Uh, sexy they show dance. clips of the promo and crowd reactions. Again, I've already seen this promo. Um, but they keep cutting. And the last two segments are a lot of cuts to Tony Khan in his dark corner <laughs> watching the like watching the television as he's producing the show. And I just like he kept like 
I don't know. I don't know if it's okay to say, but like, it kept feeling like he was like under this bridge, like, like, you know, like the, in those old childhood stories where like the trolls lived under the bridge. He's like in his troll hole. Yeah. Is is that, I don't, is that okay? You're allowed to say that. Troll, troll in the drawbridge? Yeah. yeah, yeah is that's... that okay? I, I just, you know. Um, and it just felt like he was like, just like, I don't know, like stuck in this little tiny dark corner and he like has a lot of strong facial reactions throughout. That's where, which, that's where he produces a lot of like eye lifts and random comments that he just like talks aloud to himself like during his production. It's like it's a, that's a good one. That's a good. Uh, you did good. <laughs> I'm sure that like he's wearing a microphone. It's probably he's probably talking to someone else, but it just looked like he was like, talking to himself in this dark corner. And, um, I don't know. I just, I found it very funny, like, just kind of watching that. Um, but after the promo, he, like, goes up and congratulates them. And, like, they also debrief with Renee. And everyone's very positive about the promo. Yeah. So good good for her. Yeah. Then the last segment is uh, Sammy and Brian's main event match. Um, so Sammy and Ty um, are kind of walking towards the the ramp area. And I don't know. They just seem very, like, they seem like a very nice, supportive couple who's very in love. you got those cats that shit in their car. Ugh. And, like, I, I, I don't know. They just seem very happy with each other. And I would like to see more of that maybe outside of... The wrestling like let's go to their their new home mm-hmm. and see them interacting there. so like they're like a lesser maurice and miz basically because they're like the heel couple that yeah. everyone hates on tv but then secretly they are really sweet together yeah they seem like they have a nice life and they they really love and support each other um i found it I found it funny, the juxtaposition here of, like, on the way to the ring, like, Sammy grabs, like, one of those plastic disposable water bottles. And then that cuts to Brian, who's drinking out of one of those giant, like, gallon, <laughs> like... <laughs> Look, he doesn't use, like, one single-use plastics, okay, first of all. And also, he has to hydrate with uh, thousands of gallons of water a day, so... I saw that, like, gallon water bottle he was drinking for him. I was like, yeah, like, of course that's what Brian would drink from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course. Uh, Very on brand. The, uh, then, uh, Ty prays for Sammy in Portuguese um, before the match, and then Brian and Sammy actually hug. I'm not sure who, like, has the tradition of hugging before the match, but it was kind of sweet. I loved it. And then as they're, as uh, Sammy's, like, waiting for his, like, the point in his song when he goes out to walk out. Sammy Goval. <laughs> I don't like that that has infected Ty's music, too. Yeah, Toy oh, Mello. she has Toy Mello now. Toy Mello, yeah. Um, Brian tells Sammy to hustle up on your entrance. <laughs> Come on, man, get your ass out there. Make that tongue-kissing less. Ugh. There are lots of Tony troll cuts here. Random <laughs> faces and comments of like, this is great. Oh, one minute. Crowd's way up for this. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't Tony's know. letting us know it's going awesome. 
what do you guys think about Tony? Like, okay, so we saw him on <laughs> Dynamite last night. It's a big question. Big deer in the headlights. <laughs> very nervous energy. We see, like, they've portrayed him on, they've because they've, in previews and stuff, like, he's a character on this reality show. And all we have seen is in his little, like, <laughs> troll oh. hut <laughs> he's producing. It's not a hut. <laughs> Like, what? What is your take? What do you guys think about Tony? He likes White Claw, and maybe he's a little introverted and only comes out to socialize when he has things to plug, because that is his that is his deal. He plugs things, and he only plugs things, and he never is not plugging things. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's. He's a total nerd that is just like getting to live out his dream, and I think that's how that's how you would react in that situation. And yeah. when something goes wrong, he just stays silent. He just shuts down and stays silent. This is what I would say based on that press release. Right. He might not. Yeah, that's the thing. He might not be great <laughs> at being a manager. Yeah. <laughs> It's almost like he needs, it's almost like he really needed the EVPs. And they also were not great at being managers. I, and I would say, like, it seems like when he knows he's going to speak, he needs some sort, like, he would be the kind of guy who's like, please send me the interview questions ahead of time. Yeah. So that I can prepare. But at the same time, when he made his announcement on Dynamite, he, I have to believe, had all the time in the world to prepare. And he still looked like he was just going to explode with anxious energy. <laughs> so and, I, and that was obviously a pre-tape. Yeah, there's no yeah. around. Yeah. <laughs> that was the best tape. And I, guys, I'm not, like, I, I feel like I've got a little bit of that, like, you know, I'm definitely introverted. Like, I definitely struggle, like, you know, speaking in front of people and stuff. I would be very nervous. So... I'm not, like, saying, like, that's a horrible quality or anything like that. I'm just saying that like, it comes off on the television. That, and yeah, it's maybe finding someone to fill that role might be a good idea. Because, like, he had, like, four titles on. He's, like, CEO, um head creator and there was there was like one or two others on as like maybe maybe find someone to be that public face i mean god help him when he made the announcement nigel mcginnis just the i just i just want to hug him the sweetest man in broadcast standing next to him smiling confidently this is a pre-tape there's no audience you've got that sweet sweet energy next to you that like encouraging you're doing great kid and he still was just like, my eyes are so big and I'm freaking <laughs> out. Like, did you, did you smoke a bowl before you showed up here, sir? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't understand how you're not. So, yeah, to me, he's awkward as hell. Doesn't I, know what to do. <laughs> I think maybe he needed to smoke a bowl because wouldn't that have mellowed him out? Like, it, 
It could make you paranoid. I'm worried that he's on some sort of like upper type of medication. Like that's like heightening some of his. His pupils were so dilated that I'm like, are you okay? Like what is happening? And it's just deer in the headlight. So um, I don't know. I don't know what I think of Tony Khan except for like, are you okay? (laughs) You know who who I think would be excellent in that like kind of public face of the company like role is actually Brian Danielson. Yeah. yeah. Like after he is done wrestling. Yeah. Like he speaks so well. He's obviously very, very smart and he knows the business back and forth. And, and I think, you know, and he has a real connection with people, with the fans. So I think, I, I don't know. That seems to me like he would be a, he'd be a great person to be out there doing those kinds of announcements. And one time he no sold that hot chip challenge or whatever. And, that's good I for mean, you. I mean, it's not pleasant, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So the match happens. Uh, Ty gets kicked out for interference and like is running backstage to find a television to watch the rest of the match for Sammy. Oh, it was really it's sweet. Very sweet. Then the match ends and Tony congratulates Sammy and, and Brian comes out and uh, is talking to him backstage and congratulating him. And Brian says, like, the intensity was great and I just had a blast. And Sammy brings up, like, you know, I know there's been a lot of drama with me back here. And, like, I just feel like that match gives me credibility. And, like, you saw the, like snapped look on Brian's face of like, oh God, oh God, I've dealt with so much drama on Total Divas and Total Delta. <laughs> oh no. And then then like kind of like Sammy like moves on to like, I feel like that gave me credibility and you seem kind of relaxed. And he's like, um, you know, like Brian seemed to be supportive and thinking that uh the the match went really well and they kind of move on from that drama. But I saw like when he said drama of like Brian's like initial like jerk of like, oh no. <laughs> PTSD. Yes. I'm shocked that Brian Danielson like allowed himself to be on camera for even like a second. I think I think probably um I, I know that he did not like the He hated Total Divas, Total Divas Total and Total Bellas. Bellas. And I blame right. that that is why we are no longer getting Total Bellas. No, Jenny. But but do you think, Andy, that the framing of this show is more in line with what he is cool with versus the yeah. framing of Total Divas? Because this show, if if based on what everybody's doing, is very much like, be normal, be normal. Yeah. I feel like there was, like, a push from Tony of, like, all right, I'm just trying to get some, like, commercials out for Dynamite. And that's what this hour is going to be because that's essentially what this show is. And so I feel like this, like, non-drama, like, hey, there's just, we're just replaying Dynamite promos and matches is very much up what Brian's alley of supporting, supporting things would fall under. Yeah. I I thought that was really cute, though. I, I did appreciate that, like, it sort of bore out what we've heard about, you know, Moxley and Danielson and Jericho basically stepping up in the company and i thought it was really sweet that danielson was like like sammy's like this is my idol i love him so much and i can't believe this is happening and subway subway uh, whataburger <laughs> and then danielson's just like you did great kid and he wasn't being like fake about it he was like i really enjoyed myself and had so much fun and 
I don't know. That was it was so touching. It was heartwarming. Like I, I'm was, glad that he's like lifting up the kids, you know? Yeah, and he even does so with the legendary pro wrestler title below his name. Yeah. Obviously he's legendary. Legendary. And then we end the episode with Tammy, who actually works himself up into real tears and says that Subway Sammy would be oh really God. proud of him living his dream. And that, you know, sometimes he doesn't think he deserves it, but his wife lets him know that he deserves it. And then they have a cute little moment. It's very cute. But also Subway Sammy would be like, but bro, you got free food once a shift. (laughs) (laughs) There's catering backstage at AEW. Megan, he still gets free food. That's true. And Subway might cater some of it. Oh, God. (sighs) And that was our show. How are you feeling, Jenny? After two shows, what what is your outlook on on this series? It's it's not what I wanted. Um, I feel like they're tr- they tried more to bring some of the drama this episode, like having the Sammy and Eddie thing, like that you know what could have been a confrontation, what they thought was a confrontation. Um, they were trying there, and then I think bringing in Thunder Rosa and kind of setting her up as a villain, um, you know, it's trying to kind of build the show out a little bit more. Mm. Six episodes, though, right? Six episodes. So we're, I think, yeah, six. Yeah. So we're a third of the way through, and I feel like it's not giving us much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not like it's not a chore to watch or anything, but it just feels very superfluous. Yeah. It's like Rampage. How how dare you, sir? Speaking of, Megan, you watched AEW Rampage. I did. For March, for March 31st, 2023. Um, from St. Louis, Missouri, the mm-hmm. home of last week's Dynamite. Chaffetz. Yeah, yeah, the Louis Chaffetz Center or Arena or whatever the hell. Uh, you got to see Sammy Guevara wrestle Kanosuke Takeshita. And what I imagined was probably a pretty good match. It really was. I love Takeshita. He is amazing. He also took a moment to do a mocking impersonation of Sammy by posing. And the crowd was like, yes, because we hate Sammy. And and they hated Sammy. It, it, it was just full Sammy hate. So I just don't understand why they put him in this match, because... I thought we like obviously like Sammy needs to be winning because he's in the like the number one contender storyline. But I thought we were done like beating Takeshita all the time. Yeah, I did too. I will say this: he gave him a hell of a match. But I am upset that we have not kind of sent Takeshita on his own tangent to do his own story and be great because he is great. Um, and they kept saying like I guess. The implication is he's going to be with Don Callis because they kept mentioning how Callis had cut his head open. Not, you know, they didn't say, oops, he shouldn't have done that. And it's real serious. They were just like, oh, he's recovering. Um, so they implied that Callis should be there with Takeshita. And I don't know how I feel about that because Takeshita is a good boy and Don Callis is a bad, bad man. So, um, I don't know if ultimately long-term, not long-term, but like at least currently they've decided to put Takeshita under Callus's umbrella. Um, but I kind of hope not, you know? 
I mean, it certainly seemed to be building to that. They did that segment with the airport and. Yeah, I just wanted to catch to say like I don't know what a hug rug is and I don't want it. <laughs> like, yeah. please, please, no. Uh, there was a QTV segment, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were making fun of um, whoever Hobbs beat last time. Penta. Oh, yes, and <laughs> QT was like. Oh yeah, that match was great until a fan ran in, and the fan being Ray Phoenix. Uh-huh. So <laughs> they're just dragging Phoenix. Um, but yeah, it was very much along the same lines. And then we got Brody King and Malachi Black versus the Best Friends, featuring a uh, a rare but getting less rare uh, AEW disqualification. Yes, I enjoyed this one. Um, the the sort of takeaway from the DQ was that Orange ran out and and caused it, and Malachi at the end stood over him and was like, "I know exactly what you're thinking, and I knew that this would cause this to happen, basically." And so, uh, I, I guess the the implication is like House of Black have gotten in their heads and. Uh, Orange Cassidy screwed up by interfering, so like they wanted that DQ. They didn't look upset, um, which they address. Like you know, it leads to dynamite or whatever. But it was a good match. Like it sounds weird to hear to me, anyway. The uh, House of Black versus the Best Friends. It's they're so polar opposite, but they they had a good match. I was entertained. It's been a long time since Chuck wrestled on two TV shows in a row. Yep, and he's wearing that tank top. Yep. Uh, Ty Valkyrie versus Marina Shafir. Yes, Marina, uh, it should be noted, kicked off her shoes and socks after she entered the ring. So I think she must have listened to Mox's podcast and has taken his advice. And I'm not going to say it was like a great match, but I think it's probably Marina's best match that I've seen on television. <laughs> So, uh, she didn't win, obviously, because that's not what she's here to do. But I thought it was interesting. She she sort of changed her style a little bit. Cool. So, and, did, did, Taya, did Taya abstain from using no. the Road to Valhalla? Why would she? She used the Road to Valhalla. Well, because Jay- she was under threat of legal process. Well, legal process happened, Andy. Oh. Legal process was prepared. Jade and Layla Gray and Mark Sterling and his process server were all on the stage and they were watching as Ty Valkyrie was like, fuck you, I'm doing it. And then as soon as she did it, Mark Sterling was like, well, that's it. And uh, after the match was over, he's he sent his process server up and was like, the papers are coming to you, Taya. And the process server... <laughs> Gives her the papers, and she looks at them and is like, that's interesting. And then she does the road to Valhalla on her, and Jade is pissed. Oh, so the process server is a worker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I do... I, Did I, you think they got a real process server? No, I just thought they got some actor Like an actress. But, like, but yeah, okay. If she took a move, then obviously she's a wrestler. She took um, that bump. I So I didn't see this, obviously, but I, I have to say, like, throughout this storyline... I really, really do enjoy the way they react every time Taya does the road to Valhalla. They get so bad. 
they and they did they got so mad like jade was like oh bitch i'm coming for you and then sterling and layla had to hold her back and i gotta say like if you didn't watch it jade looked like a goddamn star like she had skin tight black shiny dress deal going on shades on that bleach blonde hair or wig or whatever but she looked like a badass but she was pissed Ataya. so it was it was good and mark sterling still has a band-aid over his nose because of course he was you know dreadfully injured well right yeah i mean sure yeah he has to let us know i'm starting to get the feeling that taya valkyrie might be the one i am too and I'm a little, I'm a little surprised, but also like, we're kind of coming up on it, right? Aren't we? Like, Jade's been, she's got quite a streak. It's okay. Yeah, and this is like, you know, other at other times we've said like, oh, maybe, maybe Athena will be the one, or maybe like Red Velvet will finally be the one, or or whoever, right? But like, I don't think I've ever had the feeling while she's actually in the feud that this is going to be the person. Yeah, the just confidence that Ty Valkyrie has as she's like makes eye contact with Jade and is like, I'm going to wrote to Valhalla, your process server. It seems strong. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's something with Anna J. Um, Anna J hates Julia Hart. She, she wants to choke her and she's going to do it. And I believe it's, uh, she, she gets something on the next rampage, not dynamite, but the next rampage. And then our main event is Action Andretti versus Juice Robinson. Yeah, it's actually, it's pretty good. But Juice keeps screaming at him like, Ricky, you're Ricky. It's like, okay, dude, we get it. Like, you want to kill Ricky Starks. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> okay, well, that was that was uh, Rampage, and let's let's do it. Let's do Dynamite. We've Let's only gone do- an hour 46, so. Hey, we Sorry, got a lot guys. of shit to recap, okay? As long as you can get this done in an hour 15, we'll be fine. I'm going to run through it. Okay, we're in Long hustle Island. Up that recap. Yeah. As Brian would say. Yeah. We're going to hustle it up. Hustle it up. Um. Okay, we're in Long Island, New York. We're at the UBS Arena. We've been here before. We're Everybody on here. On New York, which MJF got wrong, of all people. Yeah, well. John this Silver is... called him out on Twitter. Oh, shit. Yeah. Unfortunately, John Silver, not on this show, but um, this is MJF country, guys, and it sucks. Um, but we'll get there. We open with, uh, ironically, Juice Robinson up against Ricky Starks, and he had been screaming that Action Andretti is the Ricky Starks stand-in, so tonight this is his chance to, like, face his, his guy. Um, so... Ricky Starks has his entrance first and he gets out in the ring. And then the Bullet Club music hits instead of Juices, which confounds Ricky. And then Jay White, of all people, shows up on the stage and he runs out. And this gives Juice time to slide in on the opposite side of the ring and jump Ricky. And then Jay and and Juice attack Ricky. Um, And ultimately, Jay White, like, takes him out with the Blade Runner. So, um... We learned that this is the the whole juice thing has all been a setup, and I guess Jay White's like here temporarily. They call nope. him a free agent. Nope, nope. He got the all elite graphic. Yeah, he, he got, got the all elite. elite. Yeah, yes. on okay. Insta. 
we we landed the switchblade, which Shit. is funny. Apparently, WWE thought that they had him, and then he was just like unhappy with how the communication process was going, which is funny because that's usually AEW's problem. <laughs> um, but and uh, and yeah, and he was just like, and you know, the then stuff might have also been off-putting to him. Who knows? But uh, oh, but yeah, yeah, he's he's signed uh, he's signed a multi-year deal with AEW. Oh shit, knife pervert is here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, guys. I know this is a good grit, but he does have some weird energy. Yeah. That I'm gonna have to. That's why figure out how to work through. That's why Trent called him the knife pervert. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like just, it. <laughs> I don't know. I we'll see how it goes, but <laughs> I like it. He's very. Uh, spray tanned in this his appearance here tonight, but I enjoyed this, it. What does this do for like the hot dude quotient on uh of the AEW roster? Is he is he a hot dude? Um, I know Jenny will disagree, but I think he's hot. Uh, okay, so I told Andy that I think he, he kind of looks like Adam Cole if Adam Cole spent time in alleyways. That's why I think I think he's hot. <laughs> 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 that is my vibe and I own it. <laughs> That's fine. He's a knife pervert and uh I still find him hot, so that's what I'll say. Um but yeah, so oh that's good to know. They referred to him as a free agent on announced. That's why I was not sure, but uh, it's it's good to know he signed and he's committed. Um so yeah, he this this is ruled a no contest which I guess means, does that mean like nobody gets the points, even though Ricky sort of got screwed over here? Yeah, it means it will, will probably, I'm going to guess it's just not going to even appear on their records, but mm-hmm. it's, I guess it's possible that it could go into the like the third, re, the third column, the, the tie the extras. Yeah, column. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, the takeaway here is that um, this has all been a setup. Juice Robinson never intended to one on one face. Ricky, he just wanted to have him beat up by Bullet Club, Jay White. So, yeah. Uh, From there, we get a sort of a recap of Adam Cole defeating Daniel Garcia last week. Uh, Just to reemphasize kind of how far along he's come. He had not been in the ring since June 26, 2022, prior to last week. And during his return last week, he defeated Daniel Garcia. And from seeing those highlights, we go backstage where Tony Schiavone is talking to Chris Jericho and he says like, hey, why did you walk out to the ring last week? What was the deal with that? And Jericho's like, you know, Adam Cole, I respect him. He's he's really talented. He had a great match with my boy Danny, uh, but he did totally punk out Garcia by <laughs> this is such stupid logic by having um, his girlfriend come out to rub it in his face, and also there were streamers, and it's like Jericho. I don't, I don't know what your deal is, but like having a girlfriend and streamers is not, it, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> well, and Jericho's just upset because the attention wasn't on him. The number of times we have watched had to watch streamers <laughs> and cakes and wine, bubbly and so much bubbly. Yes, and it's like. Let Adam have his moment. Like, just because someone else gets a moment and you've gotten 50 moments over the last three years, 
No. You don't need to go out and ruin that moment. No, he cannot handle it. He's pissed. So he he he's pissed that this clearly Adam Cole's like celebration was like at Daniel Garcia. It wasn't just, you know, around Garcia. It was like focused on him. And so that's why Jericho had to go out there and he he said specifically that he thought Adam Cole disrespected Daniel Garcia. And at this, Keith Lee shows up and he says, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, I heard the word disrespect. Jericho, I think you're the poster boy for disrespecting people. And he says, like, I respect Adam Cole. We've had our tussles in the past. And I immediately pictured him, like, just shrugging Adam Cole into a crowd of people, which were actually wrestlers because he got caught. But still, one of my favorite moments of NXT. But Keith Lee is like, yeah, so we've had our we've had our issues, but I respect Adam Cole. And I think you are totally disrespectful. And then he's like, Jericho, I can teach you a thing or two about respect next week in Milwaukee. So I I guess they're going to have a match. I did not recognize Keith Lee with the gray hair and the gray beard. He is gone, salt and pepper, and you know what? Distinguished. And like... He should go back to dying. Yeah, I mean... I don't it, think it's a good look for him. I... I yeah, I not as a not as a wrestler, you know, like just maybe out in the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not a bad look, but like as a character wrestler, I think it made him look too old. Give me a little bit of like, um, it's got that real like deep James Earl Jones voice too. That it's yeah. like the gray hair like wasn't helping that you know that image there. I mean, uh, okay, I'm on the opposite side. I'm okay with it. But I get what you're saying. But still, he's going to have a match against Jericho. And Jericho, like, once Keith Lee got in his face, he didn't say a word. He was very quiet relative to how Jericho normally responds to things. And then when Keith Lee left, he he looked at Tony. And Tony was like, hmm, he really got you. <laughs> like, he gave that look of, like, he got you, bitch. And then Jericho was just like, I'm out. And walked away. So it affected him. Tough times. After that, we have our first actual match of the night. We've got House of Black going up against Orange Cassidy and the Best Friends, putting the AEW World Trios Championships on the line. And uh, fun, very fun. The Sue's best here. Yes, the Best Friends arrive via Sue driving them into the arena in her white minivan and like Trent gives her a hug a little kiss he's you know he's a good son and then they uh they go on to have like a really super fun match yeah thoroughly enjoyed it was great yeah um the house of black did win buddy matthews actually got to pin chuck taylor but it was quite a quite an ordeal um i i particularly liked when trent did a series of pile drivers on each member of the House of Black and then he got to Brody King and was like oh shit and he couldn't get him up the first time but then Orange gave him the orange punch and then he got that big boy up so good stuff Um, good for Trent yes and I will say uh, so we had Lefaction Ingernobles I'm so bad at it Lefaction Ingobernables Yes, they are in the front row watching this match. And then backstage, Anna Jay is watching only the parts where Julia Hart 
is involved and she's glaring at her. So we've got some onlookers, but yeah. Um, the trios championships do not change hands. House of Black retains. Very fun match. After that, Excalibur says, is it time for Christian Cage to break his silence on what's happening? And then we get a video of Christian Cage walking down a smoky hallway. It's dimly lit with red light. And then, Andy? I did not know Christian Cage was still in the company. I genuinely thought he might have been gone after that. After, like, the way they, like, you know, the way he went out in that casket match. That really, like, forceful drop. Yeah. He was shot into there. (laughs) And then the fact that he hasn't been around for, you know, a month now. I just thought, I thought, like, oh, maybe he's gone. Maybe that was it. Yeah. Because I think he, like, if I remember correctly, he debuted at a revolution. Mm. So it would make sense that, like. His One contract year. would be, up, but also he had the long injury, so he's probably like, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, point is, no, he's obviously not gone. <laughs> no, he's not. He's he's here. He's in a smoky hallway. Um, from the smoke, a very very scary looking Luchasaurus emerges and stands next to him, and then he so Christian sort of looks at the camera and gives that sly like Christian heel like grin, and so I think um, I think bad things are going to happen. Do you know that there is like a rumor going around right now that uh, old Edge is is kind of coming up on his deal? Oh, Jenny's just blinking at me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that they were the same person for a while. I know, I know <laughs> Edge, you did. Edge Christian. I know that you did. You were really confused when Christian showed up in AEW, and you were like, "Wait, that's not Christian." Yeah. <laughs> oh Lord. That's interesting. Do you think that there's any merit to... I don't know, but that'd be something for Wembley and Edge and Christian reunion. Oh my god, they're gonna pose. Five second pose. For those, the benefit of those with flash photography. Oh! (laughs) Oh, That's interesting. Okay. Keep an eye on that story. Oh, I will. I will. Uh, For now, though, the second match of the night, we've got Riho challenging Jamie Hayter for that AEW Women's World Championship. And uh, they have an excellent match, but Jamie Hayter does, in fact, retain. So the champ is still the champ. I liked this match a lot. It's, you know, like I like that Rio's getting like a little push here of like seeing her the last couple weeks. She's really talented. Um, Jamie's also very talented. I thought it was fun. I like the high flying stuff and Rio always using her whole body on all of her moves. Um, I will say, I think Rio needs a new look. Like it's been, you know, three and a half years. Like let's switch it up a little bit. That's my, my one piece. Like I think if you really want to like push Rio to like, you know, have more of a storyline, like let's like change up her look a little bit just to get something fresh out there. Yeah, I mean, I thought she looked like a badass when you tossed a metal pipe in her hand. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but, like, give her, like, clothing that matches a metal pipe. True. That's you right. know, versus the baby doll look. I'm, I'm just kind of over the, like, she's not that young anymore. Like, I know that's, like, a, that that's a, that's a real, like, style and everything like that. But, like, let's give her more of an edge and kind of, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Just give her some something a little bit different. That's fair. 
I was really into this match. This was my favorite uh, match on the show. Uh, I I agree with everything Jenny says about Riho's look. It's time. It's time to change it up, to evolve that a little bit. Um, it's kind of cool, though, to see like the first star of the division who lost so much time because of COVID and just because of, you know, Tony's general, you know, kind of the 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 rotating style of his booking where people are on tv for a while then they're off tv for a long time um but you know she was the first star of the division back in 2019 and now she's like she's back in the mix and she's kind of proving that like she hasn't been left behind by all these people she's still she's right there with them yep yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i hope that they don't we don't lose her for another like year yeah you know let's like let's keep her in the real mix like the television mix not whatever is happening on youtube the dark and and elevation uh, mix yeah and like let's like let's let's showcase her she's great yeah and jamie hater a great base for riho who is just a, a tiny little high flyer and also Really, really loved that there was a show of respect at both the beginning and the end of the match. That's, you know, I just like that. There was a handshake. Hater, hater won, but she was like, I like you. You're cool. Yeah. So. Oh, it was early in the night, too. I was not ready for a women's match quite at that time. But here we go. Uh, after that, we got Renee Paquette backstage talking with the outcasts to get their input on like literally the minutes ago su- like successful title defense by Jamie Hader and Ruby's like yeah that's great that's great congratulations to her but also um we're here to regain control of the company so um you know we're going to take that title off her and Renee is like well just logistically, there's three of you, and there's only one title belt. So, like, what is going to happen with that? And Soraya very quickly dismisses her. She waves her off and is like, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. For now, though, like, we really just want to get that belt off Hater. Like, we just don't want her to have it. Yeah, you got first step first, guys. Well, I mean, if you're going to take the belt off her, you have to kind of know who's going to do it, right? I don't know. I think this is going to be a problem for them, but but you know they're working through it. And all, Soraya, as they leave, she holds up the new T-shirt and is like, "Buy our merch," which I think is very funny. <laughs> Buy the shirt. Thank you. After that, uh, go buy the shirt. But after that, um, get ready to learn that Daddy Magic is the. Uh, Preparing to get his nips hard because he expects tonight to be the night that the acclaimed will be joining the JAS. All signs point to this happening. Um, cool Hand, Angela Parker, and Jake Hager are also there with him, looking just as excited and full of anticipation that this is going to actually happen. Unfortunately for them, Max Caster shatters their dreams with a devastating rap. A about how much the JAS sucks and how they won't be joining. <laughs> I was so disappointed in Caster's rap this week. He had so many like, like, where were where were the shots at like 
events or Endeavor or UFC or WWE. There was nothing. It's WrestleMania week for Christ's sakes. Could have gotten like a little dig about Cody losing something, you know, like a little something like that. I mean, I think that's true. But also this this rap was specifically supposed to be like no JAS. And so I think he was limited on his his cultural touch points. Because I, too, would love to hear rap about WrestleMania weekend sort of things. But I feel like this one he was told to, like, basically frame JS as assholes. Yeah, he was giving them their answer in the rap, which I feel like you could have had a fun rap and then given the answer in words instead. Or you could have waited to have them give the answer, like, one more week so you could have gotten a fun rap about WrestleMania. Yeah. Come on, Caster. We love your apps. Did um, you guys see? Did you guys notice the uh, the LMAO Cody sign that was in the crowd? Yes, I did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's like holy shit. Uh, it made me feel bad a little bit, but I also laughed at it. I didn't feel bad. He's getting tons of money. Yeah, it's fine. He'll he'll survive. Uh, but yeah, Max Caster delivers this rap. Cool hand Angelo is like, hey, guys, that's it really sounds like you guys want to fight together. And he decides that what they're actually doing uh, is not rejecting them, but proposing they fight together. And so Parker has arranged for the four of them to have a, a tag match together on Rampage. So I don't know who the opponents are, but we will find out, I guess, later. Uh, Parker and Menard, after declaring this, set themselves up to scissor, but Daddy Ass is like, no, no, no. Scissoring should only be done by professionals, kids. And so then he calls in Anthony Bowens to be like, this is how it's done. And they scissor. And everybody's okay with it, I guess. So there we go. Everyone's happy, kind of? Um, okay, so after that, Oh, good God. We we get clips of very similar to when Jericho was in Canada. We're going over to Oyster Bay where it's MJF Day. And MJF was given the key to the city and celebrated as a hometown hero at what appeared to be a Oyster Bay town hall meeting <laughs> with a bunch of regulars. Um, with the town supervisor, not the mayor. Maybe I it's not big enough for a mayor. Yeah, yeah. is it like a Stars Hollow situation where you have a town selectman instead of a mayor? Mm-hmm. It's unclear. Except for that one episode where there was a mayor. Yeah. Yeah. It's unclear. Um, but so okay, so back in the ring, that was that was like that little highlight clip. Back in the ring, things are set up for a celebration. There is a live band on the stage that plays MJF out, not. To his music, but in like sort of a late show style, like you know, like now you're out here. Um, and MJF <laughs> decides to show off immediately by singing Pennies from Heaven, which I mean, kudos to him, he's like good at it, but also like, all right, <laughs> all right, guys. Whoa. I loved this, like, my favorite thing i've seen other than the vikingo match on dynamite <laughs> in a long time mjf has a great voice 
so much charisma. He should do this every week. Um, he's totally a baby face turn, in my opinion, when he does something like this. Wow. I remember really liking the Jericho and him like duet, like what a few years ago that they that they did something similar. I love this type of like jazzy like fifties music too. It's so much fun and like he should legitimately like Tony Khan should pay for him to cut a an album of big band like covers. Yeah. And like release it on Spotify or whatever however he release music nowadays. Like I think that would do numbers. He is he has such a great not only voice, but also like he has the right personality yep. for that kind of music. D- was I the only one that thought this is him being like Remember how me and Jericho did a thing together? I was the real star. Well, he was the real star. His voice was way better than Jericho's in that thing. Yeah, I don't think Jericho knows that. (laughs) But, no, I'm not saying it was a bad performance. It was just like, look at him just fucking showing off as a heel. Oh, but it was babyface all the way, in my opinion. And he's in his hometown, so they all, like, Oh, they loved loved him. him. They loved him. Um. I have a little bit of I have something from a uh, uh, the Puraresu Flow Twitter account uh, who uh, got a quote from Kota Ibushi. Uh, uh, he said, "I don't want to go out normally. I want to go out seriously. I think I'm more suited to AEW than Japan. I already thought so during All In. I have many friends. There are even the best tag partners. So I mean, it's it's hard. It's always impossible to like." figure out what's going through Kota Bushi's head at any moment for the next. But it sounds like right now he's like pretty high on working with AEW. Well, excellent. Well, I'm hopefully pro they that. get that deal done. I wonder if he would be like, I wonder if New Japan would like balk at him working Forbidden Door. Isn't he out of contract with them? Well, yeah, exactly. But like, cause it's like a partnership that Tony's got oh. like, give and take. Um, well, he could do Wembley if he can't do Forbidden yeah. Door. Oh, yeah. Not Coda. Love to see you. Jenny's down on Coda Bushi right now. She I didn't did enjoy not his, like She that didn't match. enjoy his four-minute match and on, on Bloodsport. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the match that was, like, the least wrestling-type match? Yes. Okay. Okay. Well... When he's put in a ring with ropes, I bet it'll go better for you. I am 100% <laughs> sure it will. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I mean to derail us. Kind of threw off the flow a little bit. No, that's there. that's okay. I'm I'm pro Coda, but he's not here right now. Who is here? Is Joseph Saladino, as Andy said, the supervisor of the town, not the mayor, the supervisor of the, the town. Biggest heel on Long Island, apparently. Of Oyster Bay. Yeah. Uh, part of me, the way that he dealt with this and the way the crowd reacted, I almost was like, is this an act? The no, crowd- Mrs. Benedict was the biggest heel on Long Island. <laughs> she well, got so many boos. We'll get to her, but like the crowd hated this man, and he's a yes. politician, so I'm like, okay, he's probably actually hated, but he handled it in a way that was like, I don't want to say professional, but like wrestling professional like yeah. he, he did not let it get him down people were booing him screaming at him and mjf even had to be like hey guys chill because he gave me like like we're on good terms don't mess this up for me because the crowd was so angry at him 
but he he was briefly here to just be like MJF rules and you know he he gave him he had given him the key to the city earlier but now he has a bigger key because it's more suitable to MJF's status so he gives him that and and then he leaves and the crowd is still like fuck you <laughs> like they hate him mm-hmm. um so i don't know what he's done to oyster bay but they are not a fan of this man. Um, <laughs> once he's gone, though, as Jenny said, uh, Miss Benedict comes up. MJF is here to offer a inspiring story from his childhood. He says, I had ADD. And that just like cue the crowd chanting ADD, like a victorious shout. And he even MJF laughed at that. Um, but he says, I was harassed by a teacher named Miss Benedict who would basically humiliate him in front of the class and tell the students not to be like him. And then when she finally asked him, like, where where is your head during my class? And he tells her that he was daydreaming about being a pro wrestler. She laughed at him and said, oh, the chances of that are slim to none. And the crowd was like, boo. And he's like, look at me now, bitch. <laughs> I got this belt. Like, I'm doing it. I'm the top guy. I'm killing it. And so he he addresses the kids of Long Island and Long Island only and tells them that if you work hard, you can be anything you want except for me. And then he also says, like, don't be like Miss Benedict. Don't be a stupid bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. God. Okay. Sounds like Miss Benedict had it coming. Yeah. I mean, that's not a good way to teach children for sure. Um, But yeah, so he's like very proud. Especially like, especially like. MJF is what he's 26. So we're probably talking about like 15 years ago. It's not like ADD was some mysterious no. thing, you know? <laughs> like, no, yeah. not at all. No, she definitely, this was a misstep on her if she's a real person. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so MJF's like, he, the crowd loves him. He's, he's got the support. He's like, I'm going to close up this segment. Uh, do you guys want an encore? For sure you want an encore. And I uh, wanted an encore. Everybody wants an encore. And I thought we were going to get one. But when he gets close to the band, a member of that band who is... Let, like, okay, guys. He's wearing a hat. He's got sunglasses and a face mask on. Let's be real. This is not a member of the band. But uh, he he crashes two symbols together right next to MJF. And MJF is like, whoa, 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 man. What are you doing? And then he turns and apologizes to the crowd. And this is when, um, believe it or not, that man turns out to be Jungle Boy. He takes off the hat, the glasses, and the mask, and he sneaks up on MJF and he attacks them or ha- attacks him. And this is the only place, Long Island, where people are like, boo. And then MJF gets the upper hand and they're like, yeah. And they kind of like roll over and over, like, so it's back and forth. Of who's got the upper hand, but the crowd is definitely pro MJF. And finally, it was like it was like the Bouye punch spot, but you had it was like a lot more effort required. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, oh yeah. So like, finally though, security runs out, separates them, literally like separate sides of the stage. The belt is laying in the middle, and uh, whose music should hit? But Sammy Guevara's. And he walks out and he kind of takes stock of the situation. Like, 
the the security is holding back these two men on opposite sides of the stage. So he just picks up that belt. He holds it up for a couple seconds. People boo because he's not MJF. Mm-hmm. And then he sets it back down and he heads for the ring because he is in the next match that is scheduled. It's him versus Commander. Before we get into that, any comments on symbols and Jungle Boy and the fact that Jenny didn't get her encore, damn it. I thought, um, like, I knew it wasn't the blade, but I thought it was the blade when he... Because he was wearing that mask, and the blade often wears that mask. Yeah, the glasses, too. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was actually very blade-like, you're right. Yeah. Um, I loved I loved the whole thing. Um, I absolutely loved the segment. Yeah. It was very classy. He had on a white jacket. Mm-hmm. He had on the scarf, but it was. It he was looked very good in that white jacket. Yeah, it was a good look. Oh my god, MJF won Jenny over with pennies in heaven. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure next <laughs> week I'll be back to hating him, but I 100% was won over with this segment. Enjoy it for now. Okay. Well, after that, uh, <laughs> we cut. Sammy Guevara facing Commander. And uh, Commander's really cool. Like, he... Yeah! He does a lot of rope walking that's just bananas and, and very talented, this man. Um, Commander is very cool. I didn't think this match, like, hung together outside of the big spots very well. Like, it was, it just seemed like... It was like a... It was one of those matches where it was just, like, seemed like it was a collection of... Of cool spots, mm-hmm. but with like nothing between them. Yeah, but the big spots were really impressive. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, the purpose of the match was honestly to just because Sammy is a pillar who was trying to get to MJF, and and you know Commander wasn't going to win because Sammy needs to get the win, and he does. He beats him with the GTH, but Commander had some very cool like high spots and and rope moves and the people were like fuck you sammy so it was it was interesting um but after the match ended tony shivani came out to interview sammy in the ring and she's basically like how's it going bud um jungle boy is watching from the back darby is watching from the rafters (laughs) and (laughs) sammy's like I just did what a champion doesn't do. Wrestle. And then he's like, MJF, I'm so tired of your bullshit. And these these like segments you have basically calling him out. And he says, like, the last time you and I wrestled, MJF, I had you beat until you had Sean Spears come out and hit me with a chair. So Sammy accuses MJF of basically not getting to the top himself. He has used everyone he's been associated with to get his wins. And Sammy says on the like Sammy on the other hand over here uh put his heart and soul into the company to build it up to what it is. He says he loves AEW. He's not using it to try to go somewhere else the way MJF is. He's tired of hearing about like 2024 and you know like the contract signing or whatever. Um but yeah Sammy's basically like I deserve a title match because I love this place and and MJF, you've just basically cheated your way to the top. Um, MJF is watching this from backstage and he just looks angry. <laughs> but, but, you know, obviously he doesn't come out to address it. 
I felt so bad for Sammy because I thought this was an excellent promo, but in the wrong city at the wrong time. Like, MJF just came off of this huge baby face, like, production value in his hometown. And then Sammy's giving this promo, which I think in any other city or any other time would have worked great. I think he did a good job, but the crowd hated it and was not into it. I have thought about this since we watched it. And I've, I've actually come around. I, now what I think is, okay, so Sammy's a heel, right? Yeah. So this allowed him to give a very honest babyface promo, but still get the correct mm. the correct heel reaction to it. Mm. Okay. Because you're right. That's if he, true. If, if, he, if he had cut this promo in Houston or uh, you're really anywhere, like anywhere but Long Island, then... Or like it probably, I bet MJ. I bet MJF's popularity like kind of like spans the Northeast at this point. And and as long as he hadn't cut it right after that big production value too, because that would have gone over well anywhere too. Maybe, but uh, but no, but like if he cut it anywhere else, it would have been cheered, and that's not really like the reaction they're looking for out of him right now. Okay, that's what um, I think. Okay, but but everything he said was true. Right. So he got to cut this really honest promo which i think was the best promo he's ever cut agreed but he still got the right reaction yeah that's a that's a good way to look at it because i think i looked at it the way jenny did of like man he's doing his some some good ass work out there and he's just getting booed because he's in the wrong place uh, but, yeah that's what i was thinking yesterday but i think andy i think you've got a good point there thank you yes your wrestle map is good strong <sighs> Sammy, good job though. Kudos to your promo. Um, next up after that, we've got Ethan Page going up against Hook. If you'll remember correctly, uh, Matt Hardy <laughs> immediately goes like, "Ethan, you're the only one who can defend against Hook, and I'll write up a contract for you." And we don't know what's in the contract, and Ethan apparently doesn't know either because he just signed it without looking. But he's here. And Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy are in his corner. Uh, Hook doesn't have anyone in his corner because he won't give a fuck. Although I will say, where the hell is Action Bronson? Bring him in. Miss him. Thought he did great. Just throwing that out there. But uh, so so Ethan takes on Hook. He's like, um, actually Bronson's like, I'm only going to Wembley or I'm only going to Arthur Ashe. I can't I can't be bothered like with this little <laughs> son of a bitch. Yeah. Action! Get in there. <laughs> He'll be back in September, I bet. Okay. I thought he was really entertaining. Yeah. So, Hook doesn't need him, though. I mean, he does and he doesn't. But, so like, Hook's doing fine on his own. Ethan's Ethan Page is holding, holding up. But Isaiah Cassidy, uh, at the end, he distracts Hook and the referee... For a minute, so that Ethan Page can grab the FTW belt, but he grabs it, and then Matt Hardy's like, "No, no, no!" and he pulls it away from him, and he clocks Ethan Page in the face with it. So Ethan's out, and then Hook grabs him and puts him in the red room, and Ethan. No, he hit him with a twist of fate. Oh, did he do that? And then I know yeah. he hit him with a twist of fate at one point, but I didn't know if. I didn't think he did it. I thought he did it before he got 
Scott. Yeah. Yeah, hit him with Joseph Fate and they put him in the red room. Okay, okay, okay. So, yes, but the point is Ethan Page is out because he got hit with the belts. Um, and so he's he's out, he loses, and then Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy walk up the ramp together looking very smug, and they even hand, Matt hands Hook his belt as Hook walk, walks past because I don't think Hook was in on this, but... Clearly, Matt and Isaiah were, and Ethan Page is just uh, out in the ring. So, we we learned that he's going to get a rematch on Rampage. So, I think it would have been better to approach it as what I thought was going to happen, that, like, Hook was would be, like, mad that, like, Matt Hardy would, like, interfere in his match. It'd be like, I don't care about you. I don't want to be associated with you. But then I don't he need your like, help. Yeah, he kind of like shakes his hand or hugs him or like celebrates with him at the end of the ramp when he gives back the belt. And I don't like that. I like it because the story they're telling, I think, because Hook did the twist of fate, is that secretly Matt has been training with Hook. Oh, all right. Hmm. And I think that's interesting. Hmm. I do too. I thought he did the twist of fate because Ethan Page set up to do the twist of fate first. But I like that deeper idea of they're secretly working together. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Well, Hook is so such a silent sort of emo little boy. It's hard to tell what's going on in his brain. Is Isaiah Cassidy one of the lads? <laughs> you know, that little, like, backstage stable of Hook and Bowens and, like, oh. Dante Martin's in it. Like, <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, my God. I hope so. He sure looked happy. Isaiah Cassidy looked so happy at what was happening. Yeah. I don't remember if he is. I haven't, I haven't seen any pictures of the lads lately. They need their own Instagram account. Yeah. <laughs> well, after this, we got our big announcement from Tony Khan, which we covered. So I'm going to skip that. But again, shout out to Nigel McGuinness. Love to see you here. Looks great. Looks great. Such a good, positive presence. I wish yeah. he could have set Tony Khan at ease, but alas, nothing can. He did a magic show WrestleMania weekend. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Nigel. Ugh. He loves dude dude loves magic. Illusions. <laughs> They're illusions, Michael. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. Okay. Thank you for bringing that into my life. Um So, after that, after the announcement that we've covered, we've got Claudio Wheeler and John Moxley going against three guys who they do not name. And I did not look up because they did not give them names. Three geeks, probably local talent. Brian Danielson is here with them. But this is just a big old squash. Um, Wheeler Yuta taps out one of them. It, I don't know. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what they were, Megan. Okay. They were amateurs. Well, Okay. <laughs> I think I know someone who would agree with you <laughs> with that count. 
Um, they don't get names, but yes, they are amateurs. After the match, the very quick match, Wheeler refuses to release his hold for. I have their names. Oh God. Okay. Yes. Tell me their names. Aaron Rourke. Can you distinguish which of these people is? Absolutely not. Okay. Aaron Rourke, Alvin Alvarez, and Brother Greatness. Okay, I know who they are. Aaron Rourke was the blonde. Brother Greatness was uh, the guy who got tapped out. Okay. He had greatness on his butt. And the other one, Alvin? Alvin Alvarez. Okay. Brian Alvarez's nephew. Yeah, that was the big guy who they took out on the outside because I think his the back of his onesie said Alvin, but it was like written weird and I couldn't I didn't know that's what it said. I knew it was an A. He had an A on his front. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Um it doesn't matter. They're amateurs. <laughs> These men. So Wheeler refuses to release his hold for a bit, and then he does. And then Moxley and Claudio just start beating up the other two. Um, and then Danielson gets on the mic and gets in the ring, and he was like, I was at home with my family, who I love, but I also love this guy and this guy and this guy. And that's Moxley, Claudio, and Wheeler. And he says, you know, Wheeler, even if he is a little shithead. <laughs> <laughs> Which he is. And he's like, I love professional wrestling. And these guys out here tonight, they're not professional wrestlers. They're amateurs. I hate amateurs. And so they're like going on about these amateurs. And then Adam Page's music hits. He strides out quickly. The BCC are like, whatever, we don't care. And then Daniel Danielson even yells, here comes another amateur as if Adam Page is not a seasoned wrestler man. Um, and Adam Page, got, bless his soul, he comes out. It's three on one. Four on one. Well, three, because Danielson's... What on earth was Adam thinking? It was, I don't know, but he he didn't he didn't win. Like, he gets destroyed pretty quickly. Immediately. Yep. And Danielson's screaming at him the whole time that he's getting destroyed. Amateur. Amateur. And then Danielson's like, Adam, nobody loves you. Nobody's coming out here to help you. You got no friends. And I have expected the someone in the elite to come out. No anyone. one did, though. No one did. He was left alone. And then Danielson's like, he, he made a metaphor about how he was teaching his kids about fixing up houses and he pulls out a screwdriver and he says, the house that is AEW needs to be fixed up. And uh, he he starts gouging Adam's face slash eye. I don't know. It's not clear. There's, there's actually no blood in this segment. No, but you know next week he's going to have some eye patch on and it'll be the fifth eye injury of eye gouging that we'll have to deal with from a storyline perspective. And I just can't. I can't anymore. I... Or he could just have a head bandage. We don't know. It took him out. I mean, obviously, if you if you gouge at a man with a screwdriver, it's probably not going to turn out well. But yeah, Danielson got him. He screamed amateur at him some more. Um, Brian Danielson, really mean. Love mean Danielson. I think he's very interesting. 
Poor Adam, though. I, I could have done without the screwdriver. Jenny, the screwdriver segment on this was less violent than so many other matches. No, I just I just think it's dumb. I didn't have, like, there wasn't any blood. I didn't have any issue with that. I just thought it was dumb. Hmm. That's fair. I thought it was okay because there was no blood. I didn't have to see it. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought the promo, the beat, like, I was fine with all that. It was just this the screwdriver bit was like, well, you could have cut that. I did feel bad for Adam that nobody loved him. Not yeah. a Not a one could run out of the locker room to help poor Adam Page. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess we're supposed to think that Matt and Nick are both home. And then, but, like, what about Kenny? Why what about Kenny? And also, like, where's the Dark Order? Yeah. Don't, don't they love him? Like, Doesn't John Silver live in Long Island? I'm, I don't know, but I'm willing to believe you. Yeah, I have no idea. I just made that up. But he seems like he might be a Long Island guy. He made fun of MJF for getting it wrong. So, yeah. Uh, regardless, though, I think this really establishes the BCZ as, like, some some dark, fucked up dudes, and I like it. But that's just me. That's just how I roll. <laughs> Jenny's laughing at me. Okay. With that, we reach the main event. FTR taking on the guns. It's a championship versus careers match, which means if FTR wins, they get the championships. If they lose, they officially have to leave AEW forever. Uh, I, in my naivete, thought that meant that maybe they had signed a deal with WWE, but Jenny and Andy um, educated me on why that was a stupid thing to think. <laughs> and so going into this match with that, uh, perspective, I was like, obviously FTR is going to win. And spoiler alert, F- FTR wins. <laughs> Dax-, <laughs> Dax Harwood uh, gets the official pin on Colton Gunn, but the way the match ends is that Dax and Cash both roll up members of the gun club and simultaneously win. But, you know, officially it's Dax who, who pins Colton. But I thought that this match was pretty fun. Like, I thought it was a, a real romp and even though I didn't think the guns were going to win, um, I enjoyed it. Jenny, do you remember anything about this? I, I, I don't. I, I, I paid attention to, like, the whole show. But I feel like I lost a little steam at the end. And I don't remember anything about this match. And I'm so sorry. It's okay. I, I think Andy was too excited about Wembley to pay attention to this match. And I I got distracted with, like, reading the press release. And then it was just kind of... So you, you both have, like, n- like, not fully absorbed this match. Correct. Oh, Jenny. Oh, and Andy. I also, like, it's hard to pay attention to a match when you know, like... You just assume one yeah. team's going to win. Yeah. Um, yeah, I will say, though, like, I, I do want to give credit to the Guns because I think they're a very fun heel team. I didn't think they were going to win with such lofty stipulations on this match, but I do think they're fun. And I liked 
the angle that they took sort of midway through the match when they were like, oh, we're not going to win this, when they just started being like, well, let's cause a DQ. <laughs> let's yeah. just cause a DQ because we'll get to keep the titles. Um, I, I do remember that strategy, and I did I did appreciate that strategy of like, oh, yeah, like, okay. Yeah, they just openly are like, like uh, Colton was the first one to try it. He, he pulled the ref out of the ring when he was like right about to do a three count. Uh, I think Dax had Austin down in a pin and Colton pulled out the ref and then looked at him and was like, well, you know, <laughs> like you got to DQ me. What did I do? And then um, when that failed, because uh, it's Paul Turner, he was like, no, I'm not going to DQ you. You have to do this match. Then Austin Gunn just straight up punched Dax in the balls and was like, whoopsies <laughs> like you got me you're gonna call it and actually Paul Turner was almost compelled to call it but Cash had to jump in and be like please don't DQ us or please don't DQ them like let us win please so um I appreciated the like wussy heel move there I thought that was fun but yeah ultimately FTR wins we get new tag team championship or champions. Um, I'm sure the guns are going to be super pissed. Uh, but after after the match, we got ribbons shooting out of the ring posts. The, the very face victory. And Mark Briscoe came out and joined his friends to celebrate, which I thought was sweet. Yeah. And so that's how the show ended. Poor Mark Briscoe, though. Like, they, they just, like, they cut away so fast. You didn't even see him. They must have been like right up against the, you know. They they said like the announced he was like Mark Briscoe coming out, so I feel like they tried to like you might not have seen him, but they tried to let you know. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they didn't get a good camera angle of him. Like he was still like trying to get into the ring when they like cut away, so you couldn't get like a full like view of him yet. But the, yeah, they must have been running out of time or something. Uh, and I believe Cash had on the black armband that said, like, reach for the sky for, you know, Jay. So, I don't know. It's it's sweet that they're there to support each other. And, yeah. you know, it's nice of him to come come give them kudos for winning. But yeah, that was Dynamite. That was Dynamite. And as promised, I have a preview of... What is to come uh, tomorrow night in that big Rampage Battle of the Belts block Shit. live okay. on TNT. For Rampage, we've got Anna Jay versus Julia Hart. We've mm-hmm. got Hook versus Ethan Page, the rematch. The acclaimed Parker and Menard versus TBA. Ugh, which, okay. which is a real TBA because uh, this show has not been taped, so um, we have no way to, way to find out. Uh, Darby Allen versus Lee Moriarty. A sit-down interview between Jade Cargill and Taya Valkyrie. Taya Valkyrie, yeah. And a swerve announcement. Mm. Okay. And then, Battle of the Belts. Orange Cassidy versus Drillistico. Jade versus Billy Starks. And Lucha Brothers versus Hobbs and QT Marshall for the Ring of Honor Tag Team titles. 
Well, none of those belts are going to change. I'm thinking no. Have any belts ever changed on the Battle of the Belts? Um, no. I mean, I think on the first one, because, like, a interim title was up for grabs. Right, they had to, like, create an interim title. But I don't yeah. think a champion has ever lost yeah. a title on Battle of the Belts. Maybe they should, so that it would compel people to watch. Right. Megan, I'm with you. Um... Let me let me just look real quick. I got, I got all the results of Battle of the Belts up right here. What? Uh, oh, what? the old ones. I was like, what? How do you know? Yeah. Um, champion retained, champion retained, champion retained, 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 retained. Yep. Retained, 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 and retained, retained, retained. Yep. A champion has never lost their title on it's Battle of the Belts. Almost like they know there isn't a big viewership. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah. So that's uh that's what we got coming up tomorrow. Um I will probably watch these shows. Uh mm-hmm. although we do have a busy weekend. So maybe not. I don't know, it's Easter and all. Um but like last weekend I just like I watched WrestleMania. Um, I watched some, you know, some GCW shows. I just, I didn't have it in me to watch Rampage. It was, I mean, I was, I wasn't entertained by it. Good. It sounded, it sounded good. Mm. Takeshita rules. Takeshita does rule. All right, guys. Uh, speaking of what rules, let's, uh, talk about our Elite Beat plugs of the week. Do we have time? Yeah. We've got, uh, almost 20 minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I'll start. I would like to plug the 2023 Australian Grand Prix, uh, which was a very weird race (laughs) in that (laughs) it had three red flags, uh, which I'd never seen before, which meant that it had three restarts, although the last restart was basically just the cars following a safety car to the finish line. (laughs) Do a lap. Um, Yeah. But, a uh, formation lap, not even a real lap. Yeah. yeah. But all of this, all of this chaos did allow Fernando Alonso to sneak into third and uh, and to keep his podium streak going for the season. So I, I call that a big win. And that was some regulation gymnastics to allow him to do that. Yeah. Because in the second restart, or uh, sorry, the third restart, third restart. He spun. He spun out and got down to like eleventh. Yeah. But like the cars, but then there were there was a four or five car pile up that caused the red flag. So they didn't get to the next sector. They hadn't gone to the sector to actually count it as like who was in what place. So they basically had to go to the prior laps amount. It was crazy. My favorite moment of that race was um there was a safety car, and uh, early on, there was a safety car. George Russell, George Russell, uh, pitted, oh. and and then Lewis Hamilton was complaining to his team about how he was at a disadvantage now <laughs> because they didn't pit him. And basically, as he's saying this, the session gets red flagged. So then he gets new tires. So he gets new tires and gets to come out for free. For, for free. free, yeah, in first place. It was classic Hamilton. Yes, it was. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, yeah. So the 2023 Australian Grand Prix, I guess um, 
watch it on F1 TV or if you have, a, you know, a cable, it's probably on demand or something. Yeah, probably. How about you, Megan? Um, I, this week, have started watching the Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Oh, good. <laughs> TV Jesus. series on Amazon. Oh. I I'm like a, a year late, I think, but yeah, it's, it hasn't been out that long, has it? I don't know. I yeah. just know that it's all out there, and there's nine episodes, and I'm not on the cutting edge of pop culture right now. But I think it's really fun. I really like it. It really makes me want to like watch all the movies and read the books. I don't know. It's just. It's it's hitting me in my like it's scratching the fantasy like itch on that one. I think it's really cool. I think they cast like a bunch of unknowns, which really helps because you're not trying to place them from other things you've seen them in. And um I don't know, there's some hot elves and and conflict and it's just it's great. And and there's some Hobbits, but they call them Harfoots because it's pre-Hobbits. <laughs> I think you have to read the Silmarillion. Sim- Silmarillion, yeah. To learn about. But yeah, I was like, let's just get into fantasy. And it delivered. And uh, I'm enjoying it. The Silmarillion is the uh, only Tolkien book I've read. It's the only one you've read? Yeah. You never read The Hobbit? No. That seems really opposite from most people. Um, well, you know, I wanted I wanted to know the lore. <laughs> well, then you would like the show because it's based on the... So, the Rings of Power don't exist yet, I assume, because one character in it is Celebrimbor, who I believe, mm-hmm. based on playing the Shadow of Mordor games, is the one who creates the... The, uh, what do you call it? The kiln or the, the you know, the fire. The forge. <laughs> the forge. That is the word I'm looking for. The forge that the rings are forged in. And so, like, at the beginning of the season, Celebrimbor is called, a, like, he's like, I have a project. And so he talks to, um, oh, shit, what's his name? Elrond? No. I don't know. I know the names. They're all these fantasy names. But he, I mean, he Elrond is a character from the Royal of the Rings. Is is he alive at that period of time too? Elrond is he the Elrond is the one who's played by Hugo Weaving, right? Yes, him. So Celebrimbor okay. talks to a young him and is like, I've got these big plans. And turns out the plans are for the forge. So it has not been created yet. And the rings have not been created yet. But I think that based on the arc of the series, I'm assuming that at the end, they're like, we're building this forge. Um, so I think this series covers the symbol, like stories in the Silmarillion. So, oh, okay. So I like it. It's got Amazon money behind it. It looks great. Uh, all the orcs are practically affected. Like they're not CGI. They look scary um i hate them but yeah it's good i'm enjoying I read it. it i think i read the silmarillion like around the time the movies were coming out and i think i just figured like well they're never gonna make a movie of this so 
<laughs> no, apparently they're gonna make an Amazon series. <laughs> yeah, see, we didn't know about like long form, <laughs> like a uh, hundred million dollar budgeted miniseries yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, I I was interested in it when it came out. I just did not watch it at the time, and I don't know what got into me the other day, but I was just like, man. Why don't I just watch a fantasy TV series? And it turns out this one's really good. So I'm enjoying it. I'm like three episodes in of nine. But I think that's a fair amount. That's like a third. To that, I will always say you could have just watched Farscape instead. But that's okay. (laughs) Okay. Jenny? I am going to plug something I think I've already plugged before. But uh, my Watch What Crappens podcast. Uh I've started taking my walks again now that it's warmer and uh, I've been listening to them on my walks and they're very funny and I enjoy, I enjoy Ben and Ronnie on the, on the podcast. We almost had the same car as them. As, as Ben. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But not. (laughs) No. No. Okay. All right, cool. Well, Hey, with that, uh, with that low energy, uh, Oh. plug for watch what no, crap happens. they're great they're really funny <laughs> i think you're just tired <laughs> i just i'm tired yeah she um, she uh spent all her energy on that recap i did i had to watch it twice and take notes and then nervously recap it well you should be nervous you did great uh and we will try to do great next week when we uh join you to talk about uh rampage battle of the belts and next week's edition of aew dynamite and all access and all access that's right yeah so for uh jenny and for megan i'm andy thank you all for listening to the elite beat e elite beat e e elite beat